from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, it's going to take 10 years to get Call of Duty on Nintendo. Plus, make sure and stay on till the end so you can hear about how we were forced to hear Ed Sheeran. Playing cards are fucking scary. Yuji Naka. More like Yuji Naka and Obey the Law. <laughs> Busted. Nintendo Made Podcast, episode 350. Ooh, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about Nintendo games and uh, spoil some of them. The this is our here. first episode that is a, well, it's not the first, but it's the most common degree I set my oven to, to preheat it. Oh, I'm, a, I'm more of a 400 guy. Yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Be patient. I'll take 375. I would say it sounds like on one hand, you're like impatient because you want to get to 400. Oh, I guess it makes sense too because you're going to turn up your oven because you can't wait. I mean, most of the most of, most of the things that we cook require the temperature of 400. Really interesting, I know. Um, we are your hosts. I'm Trey, Resident Evil in third person. What a great idea, Johnson. I'm Jeremy, 40th anniversary edition, Mikowski. I'm John, back on my good mic knitter. It sounds a little different. It does. It does sound better. All right. Well, let's uh, start up the show as we normally do and talk about what we've got and what we've been playing. As we said at the very, very beginning of the show, we are going to wait till the end because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if Jeremy had beat Pokemon or not, or not. And it seems that you have. So we're just going to go all into it, go full spoiler. But we'll save it for the end, and we'll sign off and all that before it. So you know, for anybody who does want to hear it, they can just check out right there. They can run away. If you don't want to know about... Uh, They'll get away safely, too. We'll make sure. Of, of all the spoiler stuff of, of Pokemon. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of trying to keep my notes, like, uh, you know, real vague. But then I saw Jeremy beat it, and then I made him, like, a lot less vague. So, But we'll talk about it, for sure. But let's talk about things we played that aren't Pokemon. I guess I'll start off. Uh, Resident Evil Village brought me back to its uh, wonderful cloudness again. The Shadows of Rose, or I think it's called the Winner's DLC is actually what it's called, the whole, the entirety of it. But I got I got the DLC for uh, Village. came out like on the 2nd of January, or not January, of December. Getting ahead of myself. What month are you living in, Mr. 400? It came out, uh, <laughs> it came out on the 2nd of uh, December, which is Friday. So also uh, there's, a, there's a demo of uh, Resident Evil 7 that you can play. On your Switch, on the cloud. Also known as Biohazard. Also known as Biohazard, which is the actual name of it in Japan. Might as well just change it. But yeah. Um, I played a little bit of that, little bit of that, and it looks cool. You know, it's uh, plenty freaky, and I got, you know, beat up on a lot. That's coming out on the 16th, and unfortunately, it's coming out at the price of $39.99. I thought it was going to be $19.99, because that's like what the base game is on PS4, but... I'm hoping this is like the, I don't know, the gold edition or the game of the year edition or whatever the fuck they call it. Either way, I want to play it because Resident Evil Village is fun. 
And it's even more fun in third person. As I said earlier, it's my nickname. Is uh, With the Winner's DLC, you can finally, finally play Resident Evil in third person. I know that was what you've always wanted to do. I'm happy they're finally giving it. that a try. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think the, the survival horror could be more. Kind of, they could give it like an old school flair by putting it in third person. Yeah. And they could really fix up the controls too to make it more slowed down and kind of clunky. I appreciate Maybe that. make the <laughs> controls part of what you're sort of combating against as though that was, you know, kind of the panic would set in when you'd forget the control scheme. End of the challenge. They didn't bring back the tank controls with that. That's what you're referencing. But it's just, it's just kind of funny because, like, you know, there's Resident Evil 1 through 4. Pretty good for the most part. You know, I don't know. Some people don't like three, I guess. But uh, and then you get to five and six, which are trash. And then Resident Evil kind of like, you know, builds itself back up when it gets back to like seven and eight. They're kind of like going different ways and make it all like first person. And then after uh, eight, they're like, what if we made it third person again? And now you can pay money to make Village third person. And I did that because I'm an idiot. No, I did it because I wanted to play Shadows of Rose, which was actually really fun. Shadows of Rose is the actual like new dlc stuff that's the name of the baby right yeah rose is the baby rose is all grown up in the shadows of rose she's uh she's older she's in high school spoilers well i mean it's at the end of the game she uh what did you think she was gonna die in the story i hope so (laughs) she's the savior she likes to think her shit don't stink but rose is smelling poo poo as they say she's uh she's the savior she's the allura dannon of this of the resident evil franchise oh from uh twin peaks willow Oh, there's a Willow reference there. Been watching that new Willow show. It's great. I was thinking Laura Dern. Never mind. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> Resident Evil Village Winters Edition: Shadows of Rose. So the so the new stuff is kind of it's kind of like the Majora's Mask of uh, Resident Evil Village, which is kind of cool. Basically, it takes all the stuff from well, not all the stuff because it's not as long, but it takes a lot of the stuff from uh, Resident Evil Village and kind of like you know switches it around a lot like it shows it in different ways like you go to you go to some of the same stuff but they kind of rearrange a lot of things in different ways and different characters act differently and all that and yeah it is kind of like the majora's mask of of uh, village for sure but it's got plenty of uh extra crazy shit or plenty of scary shit in it for sure and it's all in third person there is no there is no first person in shadows of rose so I guess oh, that's so why it's not they, even an option. It's not an option on that one. But if you buy the Shadows of Rose, you get the option on the on the other game. So you can play Village on third person, which I did. I went through and I beat the 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 um lake monster again. The Moiro or whatever his name is. So I went back and played it. I went back and played it for a while, of course, because I like that game. And it's still fun in cloud version. But I streamed I streamed uh, Shadows of Rose on Twitch. You can watch it on there. It's not that long. It took me about like four hours to get through it. And uh, there's some like additional mercenary stuff as well. There's like a mercenary mode that you unlock once you beat the game, and uh, there's like some additional levels, and you get to play as Chris Redfield with the DLC stuff. But you have to play that in, in first person. You can't play that in third person. It's so weird. Like where it's like, this is this, and this is this. It's like, I was excited about trying mercenaries in third person, but it's like, nope, stuck in uh, stuck in first person. I mean, I played it. I played it as Chris Redfield. Maybe he's only in. First person? I don't. I don't fucking know. We'll have to get. I'll have to get to the end and see when you get to the Red, Chris Redfield part. If you're if when you're he speaks, does he call himself Chris or does he call himself me? I I don't know. I don't know. Well, that would answer if he was first or third person. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think he says. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The camera, the camera viewpoint. But it's a uh, there's it's it's cool. There's um so basically the rose the shadows of rose thing at the end of the game. You know, it shows Rose like doing getting on a bus going somewhere. And the uh, 
the the DLC takes place before that end cutscene. So when you beat the DLC, it ends with the same cutscene that the first game ended with, with the with the with village ended with. So it doesn't really show you much more beyond that, but it's like how they got to that point at the end there. So it's like okay. But uh, she uh, she has like gotten these powers from from Ethan, the main character of seven and eight, and uh, she's kind of being all rogue about it, like she wants to get rid of her powers. So she like um, finds this like goo, this like pink goo that apparently like stores the memories of all of the bad guys from Resident Evil Village who are dead, and she like somehow like uh, summons like puts her essence or her whatever her mind into this goo, and uh, it goes into the goo and has to like. You know, re- replay parts of village basically in a different way, and you want she wants to find this this special crystal that will like take all of her powers away, so she could be a normal kid, quote unquote. Sounds a little bit like um, Eternal Darkness, maybe. Kind of, I guess. But it's 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 interesting because like since it's like within her head or like within this like a uh, it's called like mid uh, meta or something like that. It's weird and it sounds weird even to pronounce it right. Um, but uh, when you're in this like liquid goo, you basically see all these different versions of yourself, these other versions of Rose getting killed in different ways. So you'll see like her body, like you'll see, you'll see like her body in cages. You'll see your body like stuck in the wall. You'll see your body getting killed by other zombies and stuff like that. And there are new, like, you know, guys that you have to fight. There's new zombies that are different. that kind of like eat your face, which is really freaky. <laughs> like they, they basically take your face and hold it next to their face and your face kind of like, it like pull they like pull it off of you like in different strands like it's really it's really freaky looking but there's a there's a part in the game just just like in the other one I said in the other one there's this really freaky like PT style part where you have to fight this giant baby and all the we don't fight the baby you just run for the baby because you can't kill the baby um, but everything goes dark and like it gets really scary there's like a real scary part on this one too there's I'm sure have either of you watched Doctor Who before the show Doctor Who Yes. Oh, but, Do you remember the angels that move yes. when you don't see them? They have a yes. part that's pretty much very much like that and almost as terrifying. There's this um there's this mannequin lady in the regular village that you find where you kind of like take parts take her like arm and legs off to find these different clues to get you to the next part in the scary part of the regular village game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as you're playing through that same part in the rose part, this mannequin will kind of like randomly show up places like you'll open a door and the mannequin will just be standing there oh my and, God. Then, and then later now it gets freakier and then later the mannequin's kind of like the booze from mario where you basically have to mm. watch the mannequin at all times otherwise it'll it basically will move whenever you turn away from the mannequin so the mannequin has like glowing eyes it's freaky and it's like all dark except for like the glowing eyes of the mannequin and while you're and you have to watch you have to be watching it at all times for it to not move but then when you turn away, it goes like, cluck, 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 and then you turn back, and it's like about to get you, and it's it's fucking terrifying. I love it, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's this whole like, um, there's, there's this there's this whole like uh, stealth thing with you basically trying to not get killed by these mannequins that move when you're not looking at them, and it's yeah, it's fucking freaky. And there's a part where there's like two of them, and you have to find a way to get past both of them without them. You kind of have to work them all around to one side of the game, and then like move around. It's great. Do you though. think that would be a lot harder to do in first person? I don't know. I mean, I, I think they, I don't know why they put it. Maybe they just wanted it to be in third person. I don't know. They just wanted Rose to be in third person. I guess, I mean, one thing that's cool about it that's very different than other Resident Evil games is that Res, is that Rose actually has like powers, has like superpowers, you know, okay. that she's trying to get rid of. And towards the end, you do like do some mad shit. You do some mad like magician shit to beat the final boss. So 
maybe they thought that would be portrayed better in third person than than first person. That would make sense. I don't know, but I mean that's pretty cool. Like I've never played a Resident Evil game where you can like, you know, do do some mad wizard shit. Like that was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I'm like all right. But yeah, no, it was really fun. But yeah, that part that part with the mannequin is fucking terrifying, and it's just it's just done so well. Like I said, like how you just turn away and just see her like, clunk, 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 and then you look and then the mannequins like moved and yeah. And there's this whole part with like where you uh, shrink down to the size of a doll and these dolls are walking around and it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like that, uh, the, um, the hedge maze part of like Ocarina of Time where you're walking around and the guards like can only see per- certain areas. It's like that, but with little dolls that will attack you if they see you and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I had a lot of fun with it for, uh you know, for the time it's uh it was worth it for the, for the four hours, I think. So you played all the way through it. I did. I beat it. Yeah. I played it. I played an hour of it when I first got it. Like, cause I just kind of checked to see if it was there and I was like, Oh, it's there. So I got it and activated it and I played like an hour of it. And then I streamed it. I played an hour of it Sunday night. And then Monday night, I streamed like the rest of the three hours of it, even though it still said that I only spent three hours on it. Probably cause some of the time I was getting killed, you know, and it didn't count, I guess toward the time. And our, our good friend Duke is in there. Of course. The the Duke, the Mad Duke, he's still there. Uh, he's bad though now, and now he wears a masks, a mask, and he's kind of a dick. So is he trying to kill you? Yeah, now he's trying to kill you. He was nice. He was so nice to you in a village. I don't understand his uh, heel turn. Maybe maybe whatever the essence they had of him in the in the goo was an eviler version or something. I don't know. But he was like yeah. he, he seemed to be like the head of of these other new zombies. Like he was kind of like controlling them, and he kept like he kept like uh, taunting you as you're going through the game. But it's like you said, where it's they're kind of bizarro versions in some regards. Yeah, it's it's a, like I said, it's kind of a mixed up version of uh, and the, you know you you go to the castle, uh, you don't see Lady Demestru or whatever, but you do see like you see like her dress like in the like in the closet. Like there's little like references to the other parts of the game. But you're in you're in the castle, but the castle's kind of rearranged where places are and stuff. You know, it's like it's not you're like you're playing the exact same thing, but it still kind of has like the you know it looks like it. Like it has like the same feeling. It's just rearranged. Like the the map is different. Uh, you have to collect these masks, but they're different from the other masks you had to collect in the other one, and blah blah blah. But I thought it was cool. And the reason um, on our notes here, Jeremy put at the beginning uh, that our guest was a shadowy face, and that actually that actually has to do with uh, with um, Resident Evil with the DLC, because I never really I didn't I never really thought anything about this, but I guess they don't want you to see. They like don't want you to see uh, Ethan's face, like the main character's face from seven and eight. Towards the end of the of the Shadows of Rose stuff, you do see Ethan in the game. I guess that's kind of spoilery. Sorry, um, but you don't you never see his face at all. You see like his body, but you don't see what he looks like. And I'm like I'm gonna I'm like I'm gonna play Village in third person, and then I can see what Ethan looked like. But you can't like you try to move the camera around, and you can never see his face. You can only see like parts of the, his clothes, but you never see his face. And if you go into the uh, extra content that you can buy, like through like you know you get you get content points or whatever for playing the game and doing specific like uh, uh, objectives and you know um, achievements and that type of thing, um, you can buy a figure of Ethan, and the figure of Ethan has no face. <laughs> when you look at it, it has no face; it has a shadow face. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, isn't his face on the fucking cover of the game? Like, it's like, why do you? Yeah. I don't know why. Are you, I don't understand why they're so like adamant about hiding it. Unless it's as a child, you know, she doesn't remember his face, so maybe that's significant. That went in a memory of him, she still doesn't get to see his face. But I bought that Ethan figure, like, before I ever got the Shadows of Rose oh, okay. DLC. And I just looked at it, because it was the only figure I had, like, just to buy a figure, just to see what it looked like. And I, and then I was like, 
And I noticed that I couldn't turn around on the character, and then I'm like, oh, he has, has no face. Okay. He's a, he's a descendant of Indiana Joe from the Super Mario Brothers show. <laughs> yes, he has no face. So yeah, <laughs> Resident Evil Village. It's a great game. Should give it a try. And uh, weirdly enough, like I got I got an email earlier today from Nintendo, directly from Nintendo, uh, basically asking me to buy additional DLC for Resident Evil Village. They're like, "Oh, this guy's a mark. We better we better send him some shit." And it's yeah. it he it, it I got an email that's like, "Here, uh, buy this additional DLC for four ninety nine. And I'm like, "I'm like, oh wait a second. I'm like, "Are you giving me an offer on the DLC I already got for twenty bucks? Like that's fucked up. You know, come on, man. I already got it." So I just looked into what it was, and basically, for $5, I can unlock all of the stuff. You can just pay to win. <laughs> you can pay $5, and they will give you everything, all of the extras that I'm trying to unlock by getting by getting achievements and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. I didn't know that existed. But yeah, you can pay $5, and they will just give you everything. And it turns into like the Deluxe Edition. I guess, but it's like, where's the fun in that? I thought the fun was going back through the through the game over and over again. So you can unlock the additional weapons and unlimited ammo and stuff like that. But they're like, yeah, for five bucks, we'll just give it all to you. <laughs> it's like, okay, it'll give it all to you and you'll play it for a couple seconds. And then you never play it again. That's basically how it'll work. But I'm not planning maybe, on doing that. Yeah. Maybe people are complaining about it or something. I just didn't know it. I just didn't know it existed. You know? And then they sent me an email. They're like, Hey, uh, you want to unlock everything? It's not just five bucks. It's like, come on, you got enough for me. Yeah. That seems kind of lame, but also I guess, if you're ever if you're gonna offer DLC, at least it's not just outfits, you know. At least it's like it can make the game easier if that's what you want. Yeah, I mean, I guess that if I really like, there's there's a secret in Resident Evil Village where you can unlock basically the lightsaber from Episode One. You can get Darth Maul's lightsaber, and mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever be able to actually unlock it on my own because in order to do it, you have to get an S ranking on all of the mercenary modes, and I can't even get an A on the first one, so. I don't see myself getting an ranking on everything. So I'm saying if I really want to use the fucking lightsaber in the game, I could pay $5 and get the lightsaber, you know, and not have to try to get it through the mercenary mode. So there's that, I guess. But it did seem kind of like I was like, oh, well, that kind of takes the fun out of it. You know, if you just you just pay for it and they just hand it to you. It's like hmm. I'm thinking of that guy we met at uh, the one of Kevin's events I went to. His name's Luis. I'm still friends with him on the. Oh, on the on Switch? The... Yeah, me too. But all he played, I noticed like all he played for a long time was the mercenary mode. Yeah, he played the shit out of the mercenary modes of Revelations 2. Yeah, so I wonder if he's playing uh, these Revelation modes and getting, or these uh, mercenary modes and getting these uh, S rankings. Maybe. I don't know. I I looked up like, I looked up strategy on how to do it. It's hard. You basically gotta, you gotta like use the sniper rifle and you gotta get all the guys to kind of line up. All, all in a, all in a row, so you can like harpoon through all of them with a sniper rifle, so you can get crazy uh, combos. It's really difficult to do, actually. Like even to get an A, like the highest I can get is like a really high B. So, so that's that. But I think that's enough about Resident Evil Village. It is a great game, though. I do really like it, and I'm very excited to play Seven because people say that Seven's much better than Eight, and I loved Eight. So, you know, if it's better than Eight, then it's got to be great. And then I'll <laughs> then I'll get to know what actually all this extra stuff means in Seven because. They give you a recap at the beginning of eight, but I just skipped it because I just wanted to play seven on my own. So I didn't watch any of the recap. I was just like, no, nah, I don't. I don't want any spoilers. I want to. I want to understand seven when I get to seven. So maybe some of the people from eight will make more sense once I get to that. But did anybody play Mario Kart Eight Wave Three? I did. Came out today. You did. I didn't play it. It's uh, it's good. Um, you did play it, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, I just played through hundred CC. Okay. Cup. 
just yeah. trying to like try all the courses out. I should have done 150. I, I realized that very quickly, but it was still a chance to see all the courses and kind of see if, because seeing that the very first one was a uh, one from the uh, from the mobile game, I was like, okay, I don't know why people are raving about this. I actually liked that. Uh, that was part of one of my things that I liked about the Wave Three is that they put the the tour shit at the beginning, so you can just be done with it. Tour, that's it. Yeah. And then the, I was just and then like, the rest uh, of it'll this- be fun. I was yeah. like, am I looking at the right thing? Did I did I download some the wrong thing on accident? Why why is everybody raving about this? It's it's a it's a course from tour. People are raving about the tour courses? No. I'm just saying like the <laughs> the DLC Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, I read a I read a review of it that gave it an eight, but yeah, they said the tour courses weren't that exciting because they're not. They're from fucking real towns. Like nobody wants to go there. Yeah. That Japan course was cool. Not 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 the one the Tokyo the one. In this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like two two leases ago. To to the credit of the tour ones is it's interesting that the track changes every time you every time yeah. you get to the next lap. That's what's interesting about it. It's like the you know, you're kind of like driving through the streets but you have to go different ways every time. Like that's cool. But also it's just kinda like I don't want to race a Mario Kart. Yeah, but they France. do that on most of these courses. Yeah. A lot of them track. they do. Yeah. Well in these on this uh, on the booster pack they have. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, I I liked it a lot. I, I played through I played through all of it on 150 CC and then I just um I was listening to uh, eight four play as I normally do, and uh, one of the hosts on there was talking about how uh, whenever there's a new Mario Kart, she does all the new tracks and then she jumps online and just plays online. And I was like, you know, I should do that, so I did that. I played all the new line, new tracks, and then I jumped online, and we we mostly played new tracks because whenever there was, you know, because you can vote between like four or five different tracks every every online match, and pretty much everybody would always vote the new one. So it was like 90% picks for what whatever the Wave 3 stuff is. So I got to keep playing it and play it against real people. And I did pretty good. Like, I got second place a couple times, but most of the time I was like like fifth or sixth or whatever. Mm-hmm. But playing online is fun. I never play online for that game, so it was cool to jump on there. But I, I like the new tracks a lot. My favorite one is probably the 3DS Rainbow Road, just because I love those tracks where all the laps are completely different and it's just like one straight run and like none of it repeats itself. And that's what that is. Like it's it's like it's like the Wario you know it's like the Wario Mountain thing it's like uh it's like um with the the blue um the F Zero blue one is like that too mm-hmm. there's a and and uh, was the Woohoo Island ones on uh, on the 3DS were like that as well I think that's the first time they started doing races like that but I think it's really cool and uh, that I I don't know I always like that 3DS one because you get to like you get to like race on like the rings of Saturn and like you're on a you're on like a planet and you're like jumping over like uh over like the big uh whatever you call them the um, craters and all that and it's cool and it looks it looks really good too like i don't know i thought i looked thought it looked pretty neat i thought it looked uh the rainbow road one looks amazing the i really like the fact that it's you know it's the traditional rainbow road that i always think of that doesn't have a wall you know it's pretty easy to fall off if you're not careful mm-hmm. so it's challenging but at the same time it's it's got so many like little gimmicks in it that you're just having such a good time playing it that you don't even, I don't know, at least in the first time, which I mean, I should have played it on 150, as I said, but I never really worried about getting behind because I was just trying to see what it was going to throw at me next because I just knew it was going to be fun. I mean, it was trending on Twitter, which I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> I mean, isn't it like sort of like catered to you, though? Like, I see stuff trending on Twitter, but isn't it like, isn't it like a, a whatever you call it, an algorithm? Like, algorithm? To what you look yeah, at, where it's maybe. like. Because, like, everything, you know, it's like, hey, look what's trending on Twitter, Sting, or, like, whatever wrestling thing, because I look, a lot of, look at a lot of wrestling shit and all oh, that. Oh, I thought you but, might like the singer of the police. <laughs> oh, that too? Come on. 
you, you obviously don't know me very well. <laughs> I mean, uh, how many t-shirts of Sting the Police Singer do I have? None. How many t-shirts of Sting the Wrestler do I have? Like five. So, I mean, you know. Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do have a massive knowledge of all your t-shirts. I should have research that i wore a lot of them at, at lcc i thought maybe you saw some of my sting shirts i was big into sting in high school i'm just saying the band or the wrestler mm, who do you think the good one <laughs> whatever you bought that book about tantric sex after you listened to the fields of gold album i have some sting toys too at home <laughs> <house>. <laughs> uh yeah no uh no way uh, mario kart 8's great some of the uh, races are changed of course i'm sure you noticed that uh peach's garden is a like the third lap is different than everything else it kind of like yeah. loops around and you come in the back you come in backwards like the way you normally would you come from the other side that was freaky because cool. i i thought i was doing the wrong thing when all these people are racing towards me because i literally was going head on towards luigi and he was giving me the death stare and i'm like mm-hmm. is this the wrong thing to do yeah but well, it, that's just the course it kind of just weirded me out i was like wait a second that's not the way that one ends because because you know it's on the ds that's a Mario Kart DS, and I played that game so much because that's one of my favorite ones. And and I'm like, wait, wait, wait! Something happened in the third lap. Like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? We got flipped around. I don't know. We're go- we're going through going through the wrong the wrong way here. Uh, the maple the maple uh, race is on there. It looks real nice. I want to try that one. I think that's my one of my top three courses on Mario Kart. Yeah, it's uh no, it, it looks really good. I th- I mean, there's you know, some of it's a little different. There's still parts. What I think is cool is they still added like stuff where you can ramp up off the stuff and do a trick and come down like you could in the Wii mm-hmm. ones. Like they made it to where you can still do that. So that's really cool. Aside from the new racetracks, uh, something that's pretty cool is uh, now you can actually cherry pick which items you have like for for a versus matches, which I think is huge. I don't know why it took them like eight years to finally get to it. But if you want to, you know, if you want to just play like with Shauna or something and you want to turn off the fucking blue shell, you can do it now. Finally. Can you also just play with Blue Shell? I've seen people do that. You could, yeah. Too. Well, now now it's uh, now it's full on like Smash Brothers, where they basically show you all of the items, and you can choose whether you want to have them on or off. So you could play with just one uh, banana peel if you wanted yeah, to, bananas or, only. Or, or whatever. Yeah. So well, well, instead of slappers only, slippers only. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah, I think originally you could only do like items on or items off, but now you can actually like cherry pick it and be like you know i hate the fucking uh blooper ink or whatever and turn that off and you know and just make it your own i did want to say there was a it was that third lap of uh the princess peach level i think where the last thing it has you do is go over this big long jump and you're kind of looking at all these statues and stuff i'm like all right this is like the money money moment of the track yeah yeah i want to see this and that's right when someone hit me with the fucking oh that's a squid ink i'm like no i want to see the statues there, uh, speaking of that, there was something I wanted to say about the 3DS Rainbow Road, which you reminded me of. If uh, I don't, uh, towards the end of the 3DS Rainbow Road, like on the final, like a uh, third lap or whatever, um, there's a part like there's two ramps, and if you go off the blue ramp while you're like float, there's a whole bunch of like you know circles that'll that'll give you speed boosts, and you can basically mm-hmm. stay in the air like for almost that whole entire like final part if you play it right, which is really really cool. So. That's great. I have not done that yet. I did like that it throws you up on a, a planet with a ring, though, at one point. That's yeah, yeah, cool. you get to you get to ride around the ring. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's two different ramps. Actually, when I was playing it online, I actually went to the wrong ramp. So I realized that you could not go through all those all those circles. But, yeah, if you fly up on, like, the left one, you'll be floating in the air, and you can go through all the rings. And if you hit all the rings, you can stay in the air for pretty much that whole end part. And it's really cool. And you'll go really fast. So I'm like, yeah, it's badass. 
So I like the new courses, and now we have half of the new uh, booster pack is all on there. Yep. So there you go. And I, I and I saw it mentioned online. Uh, the, they totally they completely nerfed the lightning ability now. You don't shrink anymore. And I noticed that while you I do. was playing, you don't shrink. You I get, shrinked. You get hit and you don't shrink. I was playing it today. I shrank. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I totally shrank. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. I lost all my items and I shrink because I remember thinking to myself, like, I can't, I can never remember if you lose your items or not when you shrink because some Mario Karts you don't, but you do in this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't affect me that much when I was playing it. And I was playing because I had two items in my, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to the items, but I noticed that my character didn't shrink. I was playing as, uh, what's it, the, the, whatever, the, um, the Koopaling with the Mohawk. So maybe they're just already too small and they can't get any smaller. Because I play, as, I play as the small characters because they're faster. Or they have higher acceleration and, and better control. That's why I play as the small characters. But I'm definitely in agreement with you, according to the notes, that the 3DS Rainbow Road is the best track. It's badass, yeah. Probably one of the best tracks in this game now. Oh, yeah. It's, re- it's, really, it's really, really good. And it, looks, and it looks great. And I would, you know, I would argue even that it might be one of the best Rainbow Roads. I would agree. Yeah. And it kind of, I'm still kind of upset that that they like they totally nerfed the sixty four one and made it just one lap. I feel like it's like way too mm-hmm. way too short now. I didn't I didn't mind the longness of that of that one, but I but I think the three DS Rainbow Road is up there. It's probably one of the better ones for sure. Like I said, I like it I like it where all the laps are different, which is which is awesome. More 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 like that, please. And there's a fucking Santa Claus level too. <laughs> if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling your Christmas shit, you can uh, you can That's do right. that. There's totally uh. There's like a sleigh flying around the whole time. I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed, but the Santa sleigh is throwing coins out of the sleigh while you're racing. Okay, did you catch that? I did not. Dropping coins out of the sleigh, yeah. So, is that a tour thing, like the North Pole or something? It's just called like Christmas World or Merry. I think it's a unique course. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been on tour. It doesn't say on tour, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's fucking Christmas course with snow and Santa Claus and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, they're throwing uh, they're throwing the coins at you, which is pretty cool. And was it Rock Rock Mountains? Kind of cool. That's a 3DS one that's on there that has some like some more high flying shit. In there. Mm-hmm. But I think it was it's definitely one of my favorites of the new stuff of the new, of the new booster pack thing. But yeah, it's, I always want to after whenever I play the boost, you know the the new booster stuff, I always want to like play all of the new ones. But if you go online, there's a good chance you will play all the new ones because people always pick the new courses. Or at least mm-hmm. the people I was playing with, like 90%, they all pick the new courses. So, you know, give it a try on there. Jump on. Jump on it. Remind yourself why it's good you got that expansion pack. I like the expansion pack. I mean, I put uh, 120 hours into my uh, N64 app, so I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I check. I checked it just to, to see where I was at. I think it's like 116. So not quite 120, but still 116 Most hours. Most Mario of, Golf. I was gonna say mo- it's mostly getting getting uh, destroyed by uh, Mario Party One. No, I did I did put I did put a lot into Mario Golf. And uh, I guess one more thing I can mention. Speaking of golf, uh, Jess and I we tried out Switch Golf, which is available now for free. You both have that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much the same as Wii Golf. <laughs> it feels very much the same. And uh, we were really bad at it. I've had this. Um, I don't know. This my like shoulders kind of fucked up, so it's kind of hard for me to play. So we didn't play for that long. But uh, we tried it. We played three ho- We played uh, three holes. We both sucked. And it's like, yeah, it's the same as Wii Golf on Switch now, though. Mm-hmm. There you go. But I can't really. It's hard for me to 
to do the like golf moves for it, so I haven't really played it very much. But we tried it out just for just for a little bit, just to see, just to see that it's there. I haven't really tried playing online or anything like that. Can you set your switch down the floor and then swing the <laughs> Joy-Con over it? <laughs> yeah, right. Like the Wii U one, like the Wii U uh, Sports Club or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's such a terrible idea. It's like put it on the floor because you might step on it and break your fucking Wii Wii U remote. It's a great idea. Help you line These up. things that will be worth more than gold in like yeah. 10 years. Help you line up the ball on there. Yeah, that that's a great idea. And yeah, that's it. Um, I, uh, you know, I preloaded Dragon Quest Treasures just because uh, I love Dragon Quest. I'm excited about that coming out on Friday. And I'm also very excited about the Splatoon 3 event happening this weekend, which uh, I think we mentioned a little bit about Big Run, but Big Run is basically Salmon Run, but you get to do Salmon Run in the regular levels that you would in the regular, like, um, Turf War. But it turns out it's only going to be like a, an event. So instead of like Splatfest, it's Big Run event this weekend. So oh. jump on and play it. Otherwise, you won't be I'm able gonna have to. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. I'll be on there for sure. So I might stream it on Friday, too. We'll see how I feel. No, I'm, I'm very excited about it because I like Salmon Run. I like Salmon Run better than uh, Turf War, actually. And I'm excited about playing Salmon Run on a really giant level. That's going to be fun. And there's going to be new like uh, outfits and stuff. And they're adding some new levels. It got like a big update last week. They added some new weapons as well and all that. So I know both of you used to like Splatoon. You should uh, go back and play it again. I, I mean, mean, I like I, it. I just, I mean, I played it so much. I was saying, I, I played it None less. Of the things. I played it less than either of you did, but, <laughs> but I'm excited about the salmon run stuff, the big run. I never beat the single player even. So, but I, but I like doing those, uh, I like doing those online events. It's a similar thing, you know, uh, Friday through Sunday, that type of thing. But yeah, I'm really interested to see the salmon run thing because I've never done it before. But yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Cool. Uh, I guess I can go next. Um, so I did actually use some of that. Well, I used all the money John gave me, and I talked about it last week. He sent me some gift card, some uh, eShop currency for my birthday. Thank you, John. And uh, that's why I said 40th oh. anniversary edition. It's actually the 50th, but I did buy the Atari collection, the 50th mm, nice. anniversary collection. Yeah. And uh, I haven't played a lot of it, but I, I like it so far. It's definitely... It's like I got a, a Criterion Collection DVD, you know, and I'm kind of just picking through the extras on it, and uh, it's a good time. But exactly I also, yep. I played some of the games. They all seem like the control well, you know. I played Adventure. I had to play Adventure on my gigantic TV just because that's hilarious. And well, you got to uh, get all the detail on, on your on your character there. Yeah, yeah. I can finally really see, see his real the... time. Actually, a real time beard growth. I didn't even know that. I had to have to zoom in. They uh, started it in uh, that game. <laughs> it's the first time it ever happened. You had to have an HD TV, which wouldn't exist until like 50 years later. But yeah, if, you had if to you do like the there, Game it. Boy commercial where you hit yourself the head a bunch and then it's in color or whatever. Yeah. Or no, that was a Game Gear commercial, wasn't that? Yeah, we, t- we, <laughs> talked, we talked about that guy. <laughs> the guy who was from like Boy Meets World, who was also from. Right. Mall rats. rats, yeah, that's how mm. I never saw me at Boy Meets World ever, but I knew him from Mall Rats. I was like, yeah, it's the Schooner guy. There he is. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I don't have a whole lot to say about it so far. I just, I do like the fact that I played a little bit of the Jaguar stuff, for instance, and it's not great, but I'm glad I have access to Jaguar games for the first time ever in my life. Right. Um, first time I've never played one before this. Much, yeah. much cheaper than buying a real one, I'm sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> buying and, uh, it by itself. And there's a lot of really good arcade games on it. I have a lot of really good classic arcades that I haven't really picked through yet. But And then I know there's all these new games that they made that I haven't tried. So, yeah, I've, I've yet to really delve into it. But that did end up being um, part of what, because, like, I ended up using up 
my gold coins and what John gave me. And I spent a little bit of money, but I, I think I spent like 15 bucks because I wanted to get this and another game, which ended up being a really good decision. And I don't know why I've been kind of following Inscription, but it's more one of those games like I'm just keeping on my periphery, but I'm not doing any sort of real research on until finally I'm like, okay, well, you know, people are saying on the uh, subreddit and on Twitter and all that, that the inscription port's really good on Switch and it's the right price. And what's this? It was made by the same guy who made Pony Island, the, the game I mentioned at least once every three episodes, probably <laughs> since I first played it. Maybe maybe five episodes, maybe 10. Yeah, maybe five you episodes. Don't, you don't mention it that often. <laughs> maybe not, but I know I've mentioned it fairly often. It was one of the fir- earliest games I talked about on the show when I was still messing around with like, I, all I really had to play at the time was the Steam stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's great. It's a great game. And, you know, I was also a little turned off by the fact that it's a card game because I've liked some card games, but it's pretty, I'd put it up there with, you know, RTSs. Like they can hold my attention for a little while, but eventually I'm just overwhelmed by the complexity and I just give up. And uh, I'm not trying to be that way at this game um, because the, the card game part is pretty simplistic but they're adding more to it as I go. So I imagine it's going to get pretty complicated, but I was, uh, I, w- I was planning on getting it. And, uh, uh, you know, friend of the show, uh, guest, uh, patron, uh, listener, uh, J- Joel from uh, super J GG radio was like, uh, if you should get it, you should get it with, uh, one of your friends. So you can like compare your notes or whatever. And I was like, ah, nobody's going to get it. So I'm not going to get it. And then Jeremy got it. And I was like, damn it. Now I need to get it. That's what I was going to say. But no, I've, well, I've heard a lot of great I things mean, about it. I mean, get it. It's great. Um, I, think it was, so, I think it was Alex's like game of the year last year. So Yeah, I mean, so like, you know, for those who don't know what the game is, it's a card game, but it kind of takes place in this universe where you, I don't know if it's supposed to take place in the 80s or, you know, current day, but you find a floppy disk, you pop it into a computer, you hear all the old school sounds of the floppy disk, the graphics look like you're staring at like a, an old like... um dot matrix screen uh, uh like you know old school pc monitor like really low resolution uh not, I, I think it's actually in color but it's not like the same resolution so anyway you put in the game and you realize this game's like haunted or it's evil or something along those lines where you're stuck inside of it which is kind of like what pony island is as well but uh it's cre- creepy pasta yeah within the game yeah there's this there's this figure and um he's just sitting across the table from you and all you can see is sort of vaguely kind of make out a shadowy shape to him. But all you see is his glowing eyes. And depending on like the, the tone of what he's saying to you, his eyes will change to like, you know, little swirlies or they'll like turn bright red or they'll like just look normal, all kinds of creepy little things that could be communicated with just these eyes, you know, like, and you're basically fighting for your life. And he's your dungeon master, but it's all card based. So he's writing out a story. And what's really cool is like uh, as you're going through like this map that'll be randomly generated. The game is, I guess, it's a roguelite because you, your the cards you discover stay in rotation. You just have to rebuild your deck each time because you acquire cards as you go through the maps. And you always start back at the beginning, but there's bosses at the end of each map. So it's a little bit like Hades and other games where each icon means something different where you'll be like, Oh, this is a shop or this is like the, the fur trader, or this is the, where I get my magical items or whatever. And this is where I choose cards, you know, random cards, or I can power up cards here. Just lots of different things that you kind of 
discover as you go, but you're only ever moving one space at a time. And then occasionally the, the road will fork, but it's all written on this like papyrus scroll. It looks very like hand-drawn. And as you go, like if you land on like a shop, the creature takes on in, in like the, the, the evil guy. And I can't remember the guy's name, but we talked about him in uh, Zelda, uh, our Zelda episode about our favorite uh, NPCs in Zelda. I think that was one of our Patreon episodes, but uh, it's the guy who runs the, uh, the battleship game and um oh <laughs> sploosh that guy <laughs> right right where he like keeps changing <laughs> what the character he is and the voice and stuff yeah the dude he was in um the, the phantom hourglass who's yeah. your the psychic there yep yeah so in this uh whenever you like land on like a, a shop this shadowy figure picks up this weird creepy mask and puts it on and then starts doing a voice and like blah 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 blah, blah. now i'm the and it's like all in like garbly old school glitchy sounds the way the voices work you know so you're not really hearing like words but anyway it's a Sal- it's a card salvatore. game it's, yeah yeah salvatore linebeck his, his name is salvatore nope. well no nope. linebeck's a different guy no line- oh, okay. linebeck is the guy who you get on the ship with in the ds game. Uh, okay. no salvatore is the he runs the he runs the kaboom sploosh thing in wind waker and he's the one who like holds the the picture of the like girls and he's like ah and he makes the makes the name makes the voice he's right. hilarious so anyway yeah without giving too much away it's just a really quirky card game where everything can be part of the story and it's a it's a large interactive experience because you're not just playing a card game you can actually get up from the table and walk around the room and like there's a safe with combinations there's a clock where you have to set the time you know there's all these different puzzles around the room and while you're doing them this dude's just staring you down from the table waiting for you to and like he's like don't touch that you're not allowed to have that like you won't let like touch you like you touch certain things and stuff and uh or if you do end up taking something he'll be like oh i guess that's okay you can have that and it'll be like a card or like a power up or something because there's like boons and stuff as well you know so everything's represented there for a, a proper roguelike survival type game it's just all in card based form all the cards are like based on animals, and in order to put a card on the table, you kind of have to put mana down, but in the in the form of other animals that you have to murder and sacrifice their blood to put cards down, and then you attack with your cards. And the whole goal is to get the scale to tip in your favor before that before the bad guy tips the scale in his favor. If he does, these giant creepy hands reach towards the screen. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. Um, it looks creepy. Yeah, I, I watched a video review of it last night, and I was like, "It's cool. It's really cool." I was a little. Um, I felt a little spoiled because I guess there's a part in the game where you're playing the card game. And the guy's like, "Okay, get up and go over there and do that thing," and they're saying talking about how great of a surprise that was, and I was kind of like, "Oh, I wish I wish I would have learned that in the game and not in a well, I kind of do that way, yeah. But no, you it, did. It's I, pretty I early saying, on in the game. That I already you knew up. about it. Mm-hmm. I already knew about it, but I'm just saying it must have been really cool for you to discover it yeah. in the game and be like, oh, hey, I didn't know I could do that. And especially when you like look around and he's just like I said, he's just like watching. He's just staring you down like, get back over here and play the game. I want to kill you, but I'll let you wander around in the meantime because I'm no tyrant. He actually specifically says, I'm no tyrant. You can wander around between turns. That lets me set up the board. Yeah, he keeps changing the characters, and so there's bosses. The first boss is like a prospector, so he puts on like a prospector's mask, and he stabs like a pickaxe into the table, and you can hear like clanking sounds in the background. Like, it's just really, I don't know. It's really, there's a whole lot of ambiance created with just very minimal elements. Like, think of an old Twilight Zone episode where, you know, some of the best episodes were just one person in a room doing a lot of like 
monologuing and looking around like the episode where the lady discovers that well you discover that earth went to this place into the giant lady but the whole time you think she's being invaded by tiny aliens you know they like twist the story at the end i mean it's kind of like that where like well not like that specifically but where like there's just there's not a lot of elements to work with but they do a damn good job with it because this evil monster or whatever he is that's trapped you it's really into being a dungeon master so like it just has this really cool campaign laid out for you and you're forced to play it and like everything's represented in physical ways like there's a candle that's burning and you know during normal levels you'll have two candles burning and if you lose once one of the flame goes out the other flame goes out then you're dead it's like, you're when li- you get to a like boss, your lives kind of or like right but when you go to a boss one of the flames goes out immediately because you only get one chance oh yeah and if you get knocked out all the way back to the beginning oh shit really like there's so no i've only made i all. made it to the second boss actually my very first try i don't know i think it's because it kind of treats it as a tutorial and kind of tells you what to do as you go but I've only gotten back to the second boss once since then, and I didn't do as well. But um, another thing is that some of the cards will talk to you. Like you'll pick up the card and you'll be looking at it in your hand. Like you'll see, <laughs> you'll see the deck in front me. of you, and it'll be like text will like start scrolling across the card, and it's literally like, yeah, it's like it's a soul trapped in the card. So it's there's it's it's a weird ass game, but I I I highly recommend it if if anybody who's like a fan of like. Because I, I I was reading a review too, you know, it's kind of an escape roomy kind of thing. It's definitely a card game. It's definitely like got a lot of different um, kind of uh, strategies to like uh, use. Like so, like you have limited inventory, but you can get all these items that can help you. But you got to use them at the right time. It also is like eventually, like I'm starting to figure out that some cards you just want to lay down to absorb attacks, kind of like tanks in a RPG kind of. Like you need to learn to like kind of lay some stuff down that you're willing to get rid of just so you're protecting your base. And uh, the whole thing is just done in a really physical way. You know, you're not looking at us. Yes, surely you're, you're, of course you're looking at a screen, but everything within the game is represented by physical objects. So when you win, you actually have these bones that you collect as currency that are just laying on the table. And when you like go to a shop, It'll say how much bones, and you actually have to look over on the table, and they're just like scattered around. You got to count. You got to count how many bones you have like laying around the table, and it's just little elements like that that just make it really unique and interesting, and uh, kind of pull you more into the experience as more of a, like a a survival horror or like a thriller or a, yeah, definitely a psychological element of horror to this. That even Shauna watching me play it was like, this game's creepy, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's. A card game, but it's fucking scary. The bones it's tell cool. me nothing. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, when you're talking about the cards talking to you, it kind of reminded me of those, uh, like the bullets from uh, Roger Rabbit. The like mm-hmm. talk to Eddie Valiant when you're trying to <laughs> use them. That's the mm-hmm. first thing that came to mind. Where it's like, use me, use me. No, I- I've heard a lot of great things about this game, and yeah, I want to check it out. It's just, uh, you know, December. Well, at first, you think the cards are being surreptitious. Because the the it, the bad guy doesn't respond to them, but eventually he's like, "Will you guys shut up already?" Like he does hear the cards talking to you, so it's kind of interesting how they kind of subvert your expectation, even in that regard. Like, oh, they're being like, they're telling me the secret strategy, but he can hear it the entire time. Like he knows that you're trying to escape with your life. Every time you die, it creates a card based off of what you have in your deck. So uh, it's called your death card. You'll it'll be like. 
choose the, you know, basically choose the type, like, you know, whatever the affinity is, choose the, the, the power, what you have to spend a sacrifice to, to activate the card. And then the very last thing he'll do is he'll stab a picture of you and then goes black and then you start all over again. But those cards will show up later sometimes. And sometimes they're really good and they like help you out a lot. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to failing more just like in games like Hades, because eventually you're going to get back to those. You're going to start stocking up on all these things that are going to be more helpful in the short term. And uh, right now there's still a lot of randomosity and I'm still unlocking a lot of the, the cards. In fact, doing the, the uh, puzzles within the room unlocks different, like essentially suits and uh, different types of power-ups and stuff. So you really do have to kind of be playing the whole thing. And, and also it'll like, it hints at you strongly. Like you should go check that drawer over there. Like the card will be like, have you checked that drawer yet? You should really check that drawer. Looked so there yet? yeah, inscriptions, a cool game and it deserves all the hype that it has gotten. And I kind of look forward to what this guy is going to do in the future. Cause I had no idea about Pony Island and loved it so much. And here's proof that, you know, got other ideas, a unique idea like this as an indie designer can really propel you forward. My question is like, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really into like card games. Like, is it different enough in the way of card games that, I mean, that I could still get into it? It's the thing. I don't know. I never really could get into Do you like the table, table turf battle in Splatoon? Like. Kind of. It's not very good at it. That was fun. I'm not, I'm not very good at it though. I couldn't win very much. I like it a lot. It's very, it's simplistic like that in, in regard to, um, there's a lot of, stuff you could do with each card but it's going to just unveil it to you as you go but ultimately there's only uh i think it's four rows of five maybe or it might even be just four rows of four two of those rows are yours two of those rows are uh opponents and you can only lay cards in the closest rows you can only have four active cards at a time and you're always just trying to like direct damage forward and if you hit a boss with three hits or if you hit an enemy card with like you know three points of damage because that's what your card does but they only have one hit point left the remaining two points will pass through them and then once it goes through that's when it turns into these little weights that fall on the scale and you got to get i think it's eight 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 or ten before you like fully topple over the the other guy and and win and likewise that's what he does to you so easier probably understood by actually playing it but i i don't know it's it's more of a i would say it's almost more of a board game than a than a card game because of all these like play pieces and stuff that are involved i, I do like board games mm-hmm. so know, maybe you know from my uh, go Mario into Party thinking collection. of it sort of as like a puzzle board game and maybe you'll because uh yeah it's not a straight up card game and and i don't even know if i'm ever gonna have a chance to build a deck it looks like it's an option in the menu Another cool thing is it does. There's not even an option for a new game when you first start it. Like it glitches out, and I won't let you choose new game because you have to take over for the last person that died when they played it. So that's just a cool little bonus touch they put into it. Anyway, I don't want to give too much else away. About so, it. so yourself that died is like its own. It's like it's like the zombie U of uh, of yeah. card games. Like that's it. That's what you did in that game. Like you'd had a you had to go like recover your own dead body or your dead body of the past body that died or whatever. You were a different person that would come and 
Yeah. Each Come time in, you restart, it's you know, like, well, is, yeah. are you the challenger that's finally going to defeat me? Can I tell you about the last challenger? They sucked, and sometimes <laughs> they'll give you a little bit of. So they talk about how shitty you are. I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I'm really intrigued by the by the horror aspects of it, of course, because yeah, it has a definitely has a tone to it and looks very creepy and and uh, yeah, and I like that. Unsettling is a good word for the the bad guy you're fighting because. You just it, it manages to just keep. It, I mean, I think it's probably a model with just floating eyes, you know. But there's definitely a full shape there you, that you could never quite make out. Nice holidays are always tricky for my uh, for my work situation, so we'll see how it goes. We might have some work next week, and if that happens, then maybe I can get an inscription. But but I played a whole hell of a lot of something else that we'll talk about at the end of the show. It's that's some, it. it's yeah. something it's something that's very celestial, as some people would say. <laughs> Maybe a bit ghost worldy. Yeah, no, that that'll be fun. We gotta get in, get into that. I mean, I had, I had kind of a slow week, uh, gaming wise. I did have one uh, notable experience. I played Atari Fifty with my nephew and my dad, and that was just kind of fun to see. Like, you know, my dad three remembers these games. Yeah, three three generations, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, my dad's not a gamer now, but he he did like those games. He's the reason we had a ColecoVision. He that was for him. It was not for the kids, you know. And and uh, my nephew, you know, he likes all the modern games and has never really seen games, you know, from that era. He's he's played the NES and all that stuff, and, and he does have a, a, a fondness for NES games. And so I thought maybe he might like like this. We'll see. And he liked he liked a couple of them. He liked Breakout. Uh, I think that was his favorite of the couple that we played. But then it was just fun watching my dad sort of. Uh, remember all the old games and and you know this is a, a hobby of his that he stopped maybe like I, I, he didn't really play the NES that much like mm-hmm. I, I think he, he pretty much stopped it at ColecoVision and so to watch him uh, remember these old games and, and, and especially with the documentaries he was getting really into the documentaries we watched probably f- three or four of them and uh, you know he, he was smiling the whole time and he was interested in the business aspect of it and you know, he was, he was a manager at his company for a long time. So I think he just likes good. He's, he, I think he's interested by good business stories and, uh, uh, you know, the whole Silicon Valley aspect of it and learning that, you know, Atari was pretty much the company that started the, the, the Silicon Valley culture. That kind of stuff was interesting to him. And, you know, I let him know that, that, uh, you know, Steve Jobs and, and Steve Wozniak, created breakout and they took that money and started Atari. He thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. It was cool to just sit, sit on the couch with my dad and my nephew and have this experience over this amazing collection of games. Yeah. There's a lot of cool, like old footage in there. Like I watched, I've just watched a couple of the videos, but like there's an interview with, it was, it was with Wozniak from like the seventies, like the early seventies. I didn't catch that one yet. Yeah. And it's, it's great. It's like, Obviously, it's, you know, grainy and it's done with real film, you know, like 35 millimeter film or whatever. But yeah, it was um, it was an HD in the but the way the, even. the way the uh, narrator is talking about it, they actually know what they're talking about. When you think of like old video game, like clips and stuff, it's like and you could play the game on your television. How do you do it? You have these little, th- you know, like they're explaining it to the layperson, but they're like, this is a printed circuit PCB. And it uses these mm. off-the-shelf components from, you know, and it's being very like specific without being boring. And I and I really like that. This is the kind of content they've included for people that 
do actually care and don't need to be like force fed that oh there's a difference between a a cartridge based game that could be developed in software versus a physical game that had to be made with off the shelf components arranged in such a way and planned in such a way that they produced a game yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff in there for I think for anybody who's interested in video games, you find something in here that you'll those find old Those old space war, there's one about the space war cabinets where they're oh, like yeah. tracking down the original one. And those yeah, cabinets that are one. like something out of the, it's like out of an alternate version of the future of what they, arcades could have looked just, like. Yeah. They look futuristic and retro at the same time. Yeah. They're like one piece of mm. molded plastic, very curvy. Yep. And like, Came in multiple different colors, you know, like very much like other electronics we do later on down the line. It looks like like an arcade game as featured on the Jetsons. Yeah, that's a good description. And if it had the uh, in the uh, aesthetics of like the IMAX, the like the color right. IMAX, because all the different space wars are kind of like colored like the, all those IMAX were. Aside from not, well, none of them are translucent as far as I know. Oh yeah, it was it was pre that uh the time when it was like. We should be able to see through everything and look at the. That's coming the back. Yeah, that that was the thing. Is it coming back? It's coming back Shit. in a big way. Yeah, I want I want a see through switch, like uh like those old Game Boys that you could see through the Game Boy colors. You can already buy you can buy a see through case and. Oh, you can make. I mean, you yourself. can make it. Yeah, I've seen people make it, but I want one from Nintendo that has a Pokemon on it or something. Tears of the Kingdom edition. See through. You see the little Pokemon inside of the switch <laughs> running around when. When they doing their thing. All right. Well, uh, if that's uh, what everybody has to say, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and talk more about about some news. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! <laughs> With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo may never made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Ah! Ah!
patreon.com slash podcast. Game over. So we're back from the break. Let's talk about some news. News and news, news, news. Don't snooze or you miss the news. I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about about releases because Dragon Quest Treasures is coming out this week, and that's all really all you really need to know about the week. There is there is a ton of uh, there is a deluge of uh, December games coming at you, so it's like there's just too many. It's the worst time to have them. Like, couldn't you do this like in the summer when I had more money? The demo out this week in Japan that I really want to try, which is the Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star game. I really like that movie and actually the announcement of the of the uh, uh, demo has me digging back in and, and looking at clips of the movie on YouTube and stuff. So I think I'm due for a rewatch. I haven't seen that in probably maybe five Good luck. Six years, something like that. You might, you might have to torrent some of that stuff. Some of those earlier uh, anime movies are hard to find, unfortunately. Like I was oh, trying to... Favorite. Like, uh, you know, you talk about Vampire, Vampire Hunter D and all that. And I'm like, how can I watch right. that? It's like, you can't. Got to buy it from some kid that burned it on a DVD uh, through eBay, or I mean, it's it's not available like anywhere. You can't even rent it online streaming. Like it's nowhere. That's how Gundam was for a really long time too, until uh, they made that deal with uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll. It's unfortunate. Which still doesn't have all of it on there. Like there's still some that aren't, some that aren't available. Like we talked about last week. Somewhat. Do you want to talk about what do you want to talk about next? There was a map for Super Nintendo World in Hollywood that appears to have uh, leaked online. So if you want to have a look at what the Hollywood theme park is going to look like, you, you can sort of get an idea. And it's based off of the game, not the movie, right? <laughs> we were so I, I was thinking yes. about I was thinking about last week. You know how you were talking about like how uh, the movie should reflect the game and all that stuff, um, right. and how like the design of the movie should be the same as the game. I just thought about like how terrible of a world it would be, where like the next Mario game we get, we turn it on. And it's fucking Chris Pratt Mario. And that's what you get from when you've waited like years for a new Mario game since oh, Odyssey. Yeah. And you turn it on, it's him like, Mushroom Kingdom, here I go. And that's like what how it starts. And it's like, because <laughs> you're kind of damning. No. You're releasing all the old games. I mean, because you're kind of. I would not want the voices. I mean, you're kind of damning yourself. On that. You're kind of damning yourself the there for wanting it to reflect the movie because that means that Chris Pratt will forever be the new mario i didn't oh, no, i didn't say anything about the voices i yeah. said about the design i just I don't I, like I just the design like, either i don't like the way he looks like if you i mean yeah it's, and you know that you know that like the movie version is going to be the movie version like the characters are going to look like bowser looks like jack black it doesn't look like mouser it looks like jack black like his face is in there like that's every animated movie ever is going to have some sort of you know look of whatever person is voicing ever them. since so, polar express so i don't want to I don't want that. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that Mario in the video game world. I want that in its own thing. The kids can see it. They can make money. 
But when I get a new Mario game, I want it to be a Mario game, not a I want Illumination game. You know, the, the Super Mario Advance games where they did the voices, but have it all be Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt voices. Oh God! Oh yeah, where they just over, what over, I needed. Where they overly voiced everything, where it got really annoying. They did the same thing with Zelda, where like it's like Link doesn't have, doesn't have to yell whenever he does anything. No, I just want the movie and the game to look the same, whatever they whatever they look like. I mean, I think the games are due for a little refresh, a little remodeling. It's been a long time. We've basically been working with the same Mario models for. I mean, don't forget how floppy Cube. Mario was in a in a Odyssey. Mario looked great in Odyssey. He looked great, I mean, but it. he was leave it. He was. Don't, he was. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want real time were, weird growth on Mario. A lot of people were like put off by the model of Mario in uh, Odyssey initially. And I kind of get it. Yeah. You're just, it, the model's going to change over time. And yeah, for the movie, I mean, at least it's not, well, you know, he can't play him, but you know, what's his face from the Mario movie isn't play Mario. Bob Mario. Hoskins. Yeah. Bob Hoskins. I mean, he's dead. So he's been dead exactly. for years. But I mean, I, I like, I mean, I like Bob Hoskins as Mario, though. I think, I think he's great. I like him better as an actor than chris i don't Pratt, think he so. liked it yeah no apparently he didn't he was, <laughs> they were all drunk on that movie right when i heard mm-hmm. yep probably made it a lot more uh tolerable apparently uh uh john leguizamo doesn't like the new movie either he doesn't like the trailers so he's just pissed i didn't ask him to do luigi this isn't uh this isn't on the notes but did you see uh did you see that like tweet or whatever it was from uh from was it anya taylor joy where she's like i'm a gamer now i go to arcades and it's like i don't know could really see through I did not see could really that, see but... through that tweet. It's like I like playing Mario Kart. I play all the Mario Karts in arcades. It's like okay. Every time a new <laughs> Mario Kart game comes out, I go to the arcade and try it. Yeah, it was real uh I don't know. It was I don't know, whatever. She doesn't need to be a gamer. She's an actor. No, no, I mean she's I mean I think she's great. I was just like I was just just the way it's, it's just the way everything was phrased. It's just like I can smell poser all over you in these I can in, also in all, get in all more... of these sentences. I think I can give more leeway to younger actors than, you know, like people that are that are our age, like Chris Pratt's around our age. Jack Black's a little older, but not a whole lot older. But like, come on, this is part of the zeitgeist. You should know what the fuck's going on. Whereas it's right. OK if Anya Taylor-Joy doesn't know Mario before she played it on on the GameCube or something. You know, that's OK. Yeah. I mean, but like, I don't know. It's just like the arcade. OK. I mean, yes, there is. Yes, the Mario arcade is, is fine. It's fine enough. It's just. And she's also yeah, she from South America. Maybe Mario. things are different there. Like, I don't know. Probably not too right. much different. But it was it was just a weird. It was just weirdly phrased. Was all. Was just like mm, okay. Forced. I think we just don't need any more of Mario movie actors trying to convince us that. Oh, they, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get it though. Our gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Trailer three. When trailer three comes out in a couple months, we're gonna we're gonna, this is gonna be. Uh, uh, Keenan no. Michael Key talking about like all, all those times he played his toad in in uh, Doki Doki Panic or whatever. Yeah, right. I know. Well, Seth sure Rogen call it that. Seth Rogen, you know, has has proved he's a gamer before. He wrote the forward to what, what was that book? He made it into a documentary. Um, yep. King King of Kong. No, oh, no, King oh, Kong. oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Console well, Wars on CBS. Console yeah, Wars. Console Wars. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and they they produced that movie, so. I believe him, but yeah, everyone else, you know, just do your job, and uh, hopefully the movie's good. I think the the coolest thing about Seth Rogen is that everyone just knew him as a pothead. Now he literally makes pottery and like makes really high end pottery and sells it for a bunch of money. I don't <laughs> oh, know. really. Did you? Yeah. Uh, 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 
his inside stuff nobody cares about. Did you know that uh, where I'm uh, where I went to high school, Morton, Illinois, uh, our our mascot was mentioned on multiple uh, talk shows about like being one of the worst mascots of all time. It was because Is our it Morton Cooper. No, it was Morton Potters, and our and our mascot oh. was oh. a guy with a pot for a head. So it was like. They make pots, but the mascot is a is a person with the pot head. It's so stupid. I'm with everyone who made fun of it. They were all in that Elden Ring living pot shit before they were. It was it was on uh, it was on fucking David Letterman. David, it was like on a top five like worst mascots ever. Was our like high school. So there you go. It was a shitty. Cool. It was a shitty place. You got the planes for mascot. for stars. Caterpillar, uh, Butch's Pizza, and uh... <laughs> I, th- I thought uh, I thought uh, planes was from Peoria. Well, they went to school, Morton, didn't they? Oh, okay, I thought I knew some of them. Well, I knew some people that were in the scene at the time. Whatever, it's a that's a whole other story. Uh, side note: Let's talk about Microsoft wanting to put fucking Call of Duty on Nintendo. Not like it's never Ooh. been there before. We were just talking about it's yeah, on it's weird. on Patreon. Go listen to our Patreon episode. But we were talking about N Space, uh, who did Geist, and uh, they did uh they did really great Call of Duty games on DS. I mean, they're not a company anymore, unfortunately, but I wish they were cuz they could come back and make some great Call of Duty games for Switch. They yeah. did they did some awesome fucking handhelds on DS. Like they were really Just good. make it all cloud-based, who cares? Just uh I mean, you know, I I I'm not one to complain. I've I put 30 hours into Resident Evil Village through the cloud, so I'm not and I threw money even more money into the cloud. I took I took the John route. I threw some money into the DLC, but I I like that game a lot. So whatever. I mean, Sony Sony is smart to see the Switch is a a valid source of income for them. They don't have to compete with it directly. So why not make some extra money off of it in the meantime? I mean, uh, Microsoft. Did you just say Sony? Sorry, I, I thought you said Sony too. But yeah, no, I meant Microsoft. No, uh, well, if I did, I didn't mean to. But yeah, well, Microsoft owns a. Uh, Activision and Blizzard yeah. now, and there was like kind of like a small mention of uh, bringing bringing Call of Duty to Switch that like happened like a couple month, couple uh, weeks ago, maybe a month ago. But now mm-hmm. it's uh, what I so did you? I mean, do you understand what the ten year plan is? Like, are they gonna? Is it gonna take them ten years to put it on put it on Switch? Because I'm like, you know, it was it it was a lot quicker in the Wii days. Just like just you know, trim it down a bunch. Like take out the take out the online, and you're good. Give us some motion control. No, they were just committing to <laughs> ten years of Call of Duty releases. I think they yeah. probably, because since it's such a major franchise, it's been going on for twenty years now. They probably have a ten-year plan for the series itself. At what, regardless of what console it's going to be on, and they just said, "Here are the games we're going to do for Switch or for whatever Nintendo system," and it's like five games that they have in the pipeline. And then they also did it to turn the screws uh, just to make the deal go through because they have, they don't actually own Activision yet. That whole thing is in jeopardy. It's been, you know, reviewed and uh, they did it. Um, uh, at least I've, I've, I've read and, and I believe to prove that, Hey, we're not being monopolistic. We're sharing our content with another platform. They're not sharing their content with their main competitor, but uh, yeah, they're, Sharing, we're sharing our content, and so just let this sixty billion dollar deal go through. We're we're all good and, and you know altruistic and well meaning. Mm. I uh, in this article it mentions the last Call of Duty game that was on uh, Switch was on well on Nintendo was Call of Duty Co- Ghosts for Wii U, which actually I I never played this one, but I what I did think was interesting about it from what I read in reviews was that you can actually play off the two screens like you could do a death match one person on the tv and one person on the on the wii uh wii u remote so that's pretty cool cool 
I thought I thought they were saying the Call of Duty, the last Call of Duty that came out on Wii, which I had a story about that because I bought a used Wii and it actually had two discs slammed together in the in the Wii when I turned it on. It was uh, Legends of Wrestling two and Call of Duty and <laughs> the last Call of Duty, and the Call of Duty was all scratched to shit because they jammed two discs into a Wii, so it you know it scratched the bottom obviously because of that. But it's just a weird thing that I was like, oh, okay. I get these free games from this Wii that I bought for like 20 bucks. Okay. But they don't work because I scratched the shit because you jammed two discs into one disc drive. Weird. I mean, does anybody care about Call of Duty being on Nintendo? I don't, but people will. You know, people do. I mean, Switch is pretty popular. I mean, I've seen... I'm sure you noticed, like, after the Black Friday stuff, like, all the Switch stuff went before anything else did. I'm still getting emails from, like, Walmart and Best Buy pretty much being like, hey, can you please buy our Xbox Series whatever playstation 5 games but not switch like these are the ones that have deals but not the switch ones because those ones sell already we don't need to mark them down i saw i saw a deal on gamestop which just like blew my mind they were selling persona 5 royal on playstation 4 for three dollars gamestop for three dollars because i guess nobody wants it they want the switch version i'm just that's i mean that's uh you know it's nothing to sneeze at as they say there is a regardless of how old the Nintendo tech is or whatever, people still want the Switch and they still want the Switch version of whatever, no matter how well it runs. And that's the end of my TED talk on that. Let's move on to the next thing. We're getting uh, another what do they call those game trials or whatever? And it's River City Girls. Uh, it's gonna be the next thing that you can try for free. It's actually available now. It came out yesterday. So get on get on that for a week. I think it's on. I, I'm pretty sure I saw that it was from the 6th to the 12th. Okay. So today is the 7th. I so I think get you get it. six days to get through it. It's also on sale. It's also half off as well. So if you can't completely complete it in the trial, it's 50% off. And it's there's like also been, there's been some rumblings about, uh, about the sequel, which is still supposed to come out this year. There's not that many weeks left, but they're still saying it's really coming not. out in 2022. So they said it's getting delayed a little bit, but it is apparently still coming out this year. I already have the game, so maybe I should just play it just so I can get the platinum points on my Switch or something. But uh, but no, you should try it out for sure, John. It's a really good game. Uh, soundtrack's great. The animation's really good. It's actually, you know, it's based on like background characters from like the Kunio Kun games and all that. I so like all those games. It does, it does actually have a. They kind of like, you know, they retconned it. They kind of like wrote characters into like existing mythology from like Kunio Kun and all that, which I thought was really cool. These are like the girlfriends that you see in the background that actually had this bigger story based around these characters that were in Kunio Kun and all that. And they did a lot with it. They actually made, they made us, you know, they made another one that was, looked like an old Genesis game that was supposed to be like a game that was never released, but it was actually a new game. Like they did all this cool, fun stuff with it and all that. And the, and the theme song's really good. Like the opening song is great. So check it out. Um, let's talk about the game that I will be excited for forever until whenever it fucking comes out. Uh, more AEW Fight Forever shit was unveiled, and uh, I just wanna I just wanna throw up thanks to uh, Monster Brunch at Monster Brunch on Twitter. They actually retweeted us our, our show whenever we mentioned them before. But your Twitter is pretty much all AEW updates all the time, like all about the AEW game. So I've seen a lot of great stuff on there, and yeah. So there you go. Um, this is, I think I read this originally from that one, um, but uh, this is a good thing. Uh, they're, they're basically saying that, a, you know, AEW will be constantly updated instead of like 
releasing newer games every year, which that's the future. That's what it should be. Just, and I'll pay for the DLC pass, whatever, you know, if I need to buy new wrestlers, like I'm into that, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Every sports game should do this. There's no reason to release a a yearly edition. Well, the reason is that people still buy them. That's why they do that. Like Madden makes like millions of dollars off of this. And I have friends that actually do it. They, they do buy it every year because they want the new roster and, you know, I had a friend that would, that would do it where he'd, like, make himself and, you know, create a character, put himself in this in the in the game and, like, wanted to play with, like, where all the char- where the players are and all that. And I get it. You know, I do fantasy football, so I kind of understand, like, wanting to have the, you know, all the players where they should be and all that stuff. But, right. But it should be, yeah, no, it should be an update, especially with stuff like FIFA, which I think, like, the past, like, five FIFA games have all been the exact same game, especially on Switch. Where they even right. said I, that, where they didn't do anything to it, they're like, "Here, here it is again." Probably <laughs> yeah. a lot of, there's probably a lot of people who buy a sports game every three years versus every. Yeah, a lot of people buy it every year, but I bet there's more people who buy the game every three years, and they would rather they'd be more likely to to get the 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 DLC, you know, for ten bucks or whatever, fifteen bucks to stay current, and they could pull in more money that way. I think that's the case. I don't know. I think AEW is doing something good here by by doing it this way. No, they're doing a great thing here. Um, I'm just remembering the time when I used to actually go to GameStops, basically, and uh, when it would be the line out the door whenever there was a new Madden, like every year. When if you happen to go there on the release date of the Madden, there was fucking lines out the fucking door, even though it is like pretty much the same game with a different roster. People still did it. Like it was still out the fucking door. So. I mean, I, I prefer this way. This is a better way. But I think I think what's really, really interesting on this, which um, this was another article that I found from Monster Brunch. But um, actually, I think this came from a podcast or something. Regardless, CM Punk is still going to be in the game, and I find that incredibly interesting. I was, I, I was, I pretty was pretty sure that he was going to get booted from the game because of like all the toxicity that he's created in the you know in the locker rooms and fights and all that stuff and and i thought he was like done done at AEW, maybe done forever you know i don't know like i thought maybe his shit was over but yeah apparently his character will still be in the game he's only been removed from the cover not from the game completely so i'm wondering i'm really wondering how they're going to do that because they really very much like cut him out of everything after that after that fight like we saw no cm punk shit whatsoever i think like the website still sells some of the old t-shirts but like they very much like removed him he's not in any of the promos like any of the intros like they just just cut that shit like completely cut him out of everything maybe there was a different contract for the game well i mean yeah i don't know i don't know what they signed what how it was worked like what you signed for if you're going to be in a video game and all that and i'm just really curious because you know there's going to be like career modes there's going to be stories and all that like is cm punk just going to be a player you can just play in verse mode and he just won't be in anything else like that's that's kind of how i see it going because they're not really you know they're not really uh you can play a CM Punk, but exclusively in the locker room, beating up the other wrestlers after the match. Hey, there might be some locker room brawl stuff in there. I hope that you can play a CM Punk's trainer and you can bite Kenny Omega on the arm. <laughs> like what happened in real life. I saw pictures in Japan of the bite marks on his arm. It really happened. I fucking saw that shit. No, I'm I'm very excited about this game. I still hear people talking about like February or March release. I'm just, just like, bucket put it out already so I can play it. It'd be great. And it's like, I said, I think I said it to whatever episode, however many episodes again, but I was like, put it out as soon as you can before we lose more wrestlers. Like, just 
get it out now before you know shit happens all the time like just just put it out before we have less of a roster i don't know you know, people getting hurt, people getting whatever. Yeah. We should jump ahead to this one since it's related. Uh, we have an anniversary. It's WCW versus NWO World Tour's 25th anniversary. And we did a we did a 20th anniversary one, right? We did do an episode where we talked about it specifically. All of us we did, did. We did a like best wrestling games on no, our. Um, no, it was a it was an anniversary episode for really? WCW. Has it been five years since we talked about that? I thought it was longer, actually. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this uh, podcast, like, in general for seven years. Yeah, no, I, I think we talked about it in particular because of the anniversary. And actually, I, I also made a YouTube video, which you can find at youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast, where I uh, actually did my own, like, little retrospective of uh, WCW vs. NWO World Tour, whenever that was, whenever that anniversary was, which that was probably, like, six years ago. I don't fucking know. I don't put that much effort into YouTube videos anymore. But but at the yeah. time I did, you know, it was, like was a, released on November thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven, on Jeremy's birthday, fifteenth birthday. I got it for Christmas that year. That was a, a great Christmas. I just remember playing that game like crazy because uh, that was the first of its kind. I mean, there have been wrestling games before, but we've said it before on, on our show a couple of times about about this game. You know, it started it all. It started the you know, you know our the modern wrestling games as we know it. Well, as as we know it, but there was actually, I think there was a PlayStation 1 game that came out before this that had the same, that was by the same company and had the same, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's mentioned in my video, check it out on YouTube. Didn't have four players, though, and that was well, because, one of the big yeah, differences, cause yeah. Because PlayStation didn't have four players. Um, but, uh, but, but I'm just saying that it, it had that same, uh, the way you could fight on it. Actually, I, mm-hmm. I put out that video five years ago, so we must have, so I think we talked about it on the podcast after that. So, but we did talk about it on one of the anniversaries. So it must have been like the twenty-first anniversary or something like that. I don't think it was an even number, but but we did. But we did talk about it for sure. And we didn't do best wrestling games because that would have been a great great episode that I would have had a lot of fun with. But yeah, we definitely haven't done that yet. Other anniversary we got is uh, Final Fantasy V. It's been thirty years. Final Fantasy V. Jeremy and I bought books about that game. I have a signed copy from Chris Kohler. I also <laughs> bought a his copy probably signed of, uh... too. Super Mario Brothers DS. Yeah, there you go. New Super Mario Brothers DS. New Super Mario Brothers. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy V is great. It's a great game. Um, I have uh, Final Fantasy V Advance. I didn't buy it from him, I don't think. I think I bought it from Disc... No, not Disc Replay. Uh, from the Exchange in Chicago. But it's great because it's they they uh, use classes very well. And I love classes in video games. So classes it's released on December 6th of 1992 in Japan. Yeah. And now you can get it on Game Boy Advance and nothing else. So there you go. No, I think you can get it on a PlayStation and other things. But I mean, I put it on Switch already. Put that Pixel Remaster on there. Do we want to mention Yuji? Yuji Naka. Yuji, Yuji, Yuji. Your friend Yuji. Oh, Yuji. What are you Come doing? on. No, not my friend. You got busted on Insider <laughs> Trading again, along with some other employees again. And it looks like they were just uh, you know doing further research into the doings at uh, Square Enix and found that they also traded based on information for uh, a Final Fantasy game. Which which one was the game? Final Fantasy. I mean, look, look at look at the link. Just take a look at the link. It's all in Japanese. All of it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure uh, it's called like um, 
Final Fantasy VII Soldier or something like that. I think that was the Final Fantasy Fortnite game. Like, they were actually making, like, a Final Fantasy Fortnite thing. So that's kind of funny, because who wants that, really? Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like we don't see this kind of thing in the U.S. So, I mean, I mean, it's just the difference in the in laws and stuff, I'm sure. But just these, like, crazy, powerful executives being just arrested and then questioned, you know, it's like, I don't know. I guess people get arrested here, too, but. But it's also kind of weird because you think when you get rearrested, it's like the same people got rearrested again from before. <laughs> and they just they just found another thing that they did pretty yeah, much. Yeah, so they arrested them again. Yeah. Yeah, the first soldier is totally a it's totally a fucking Fortnite game. I'm looking at it right now on the uh It's a smartphone on, game, on, yeah. fi- on Final Fantasy Seven First Soldier dot com. Well F F V I I F S dot com. Uh there's pictures of Final Fantasy characters basically falling from the bus. Thanking the bus driver and all that. It's totally a fucking Fortnite game. And I guess it's ending soon, or this is like the final season or whatever, probably because nobody played it. Yeah, probably because all the executives got arrested. Yeah. Well, and also, like, who, I mean, I don't know. I like, you know, I like some Final Fantasies, but I never was like, Final Fantasy, Fortnite, put them together. Just let me thank the bus driver, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would be the bus driver? Sid, right? Sid would be driving the bus because he drives the airship, right? Can you pat the bus driver on the head? Yeah, that's I think for me. I think Sid would be in there. The Sid, you know, Sid's the character that's in every Final yeah. Fantasy, or you know, some version of Sid. I think it's Sid. I don't know. There's a lot 15. of insider stuff that happens in the upper echelons of our government here, and it's on in all sides of like all sides of the political spectrum, and it's just weird to see this like on an executive level. Like, and I've read some stuff online. It's like the rich people only get. Caught for their financial crimes if they're screwing over other rich people. And it's kind of probably what it is. It's probably like other rich people are pissed about it. So if they don't have enough money to pay it off it. or bribe whatever, like get their way out of it. <laughs> that's why Bernie Madoff, you know, he's like one of the only people that did a huge scream that actually went to prison for it because of all the other rich people that he screwed over in the process. They screwed yeah, him over. About right. Do you do you wanna do you wanna talk any talk to any of the about any of the Marvel Mario movie stuff that's on here, or do you want to skip that? Yeah, uh, we got a couple more things. There was a leaked TV spot, which may may be taken down by now. I don't, you saw just a few seconds more of basically mm-hmm. like it. It looked like whatever Mario and Luigi see right before they get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom, like they're in this deep cavernous sewer, looking over an edge, and then they fall in. Uh, you know, not unlike the original 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I yeah, actually, that's the only bit of new new footage from there. I think I think the interesting thing though is the is the leaked character, like that was like it's it's from like a mm-hmm. Japanese uh, McDonald's menu, right? Right. And it looks like one of the spoilers. Um, it basically looks like yeah, uh, uh, Rosalina's um, sprite people, sprite beings, Luna's. whatever. Yeah, it looks like a Luma. The Lumas. Yep, so Luma's, that's yeah. uh you know post credits uh tag whatever thing is probably what that is. That's what I'm thinking. I mean we we, we called that already in previous episodes right. that that would be on there. So also looking at some of these Japanese uh McDonald's toys, they look cooler than the actual designs of the Mario movie. So <laughs> I mean I, I've been to I've been to a Japanese McDonald's and let me tell you they're fucking cool. You can get you can get some re- you can get see these like. Uh, these shrimp sandwiches, they're so good. It's like a fish fillet, but it has little tiny shrimps inside of it. Delicious. Nice. Jess and I went there 
while we were because you know you got if you're gonna go to McDonald's anywhere, you're to McDonald's in Japan because it's much nicer. They didn't have it at the time, but they did sell pork belly there at one point. Unfortunately, we weren't there when they had that, but would love to be there for that shit. There's also an advertisement for the movie on a 3D billboard in New York, which is like that's that's pretty cool. Um, I'm just really impressed with I don't know if impressed is the word, but taken by how early they're advertising this movie with such force. They're pushing the this, fuck out this of is it. Like, they want to make some money. This is like, but this is like how they used to advertise big movies. They used to advertise big movies like this like six months in advance. What are, we, are we six months out from this movie? Yeah, uh, maybe five months out, right? No, and, no, we are. Well, yeah, about. Well, I mean, I guess whenever the trailer started was about six months. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like like I can't remember the last time a movie was advertised this uh, this heavily. I mean, getting the billboard and the huge, you know, trailer reveals and all that, and TV spots are being leaked and all that. Uh, it, it's just been a long time, especially with the way movies are released now and you know, forty five day theatrical windows, and they're out on video before you know it. So it, this, I think it's it bodes well for the movie that they. They're putting that much money behind it and going to have this long, sustained advertising campaign. The, the the last time I remember, I mean, this was a long time ago, but it was when I was high school. But do you remember like Jurassic Park? Like yes. I just remember seeing advertisements for that everywhere to where it's to where I was annoyed by it before I even knew what it was. Because <laughs> it was right. just because there were toys at like Kmart everywhere. And I'm like, fuck this movie. This isn't even a movie. This is just a Jurassic Park is everywhere. Like even when I was like fifteen or whenever the fuck it came out, I was like, "Fuck this!" I was already like, "Fuck this movie," and I didn't even know it was a movie because I was just tired of seeing advertisements for something that wasn't even, you know, wasn't didn't exist yet or had not, you know, nobody had seen a trailer of. I remember it being in theaters for a year before it came out on video. I went to see it in summer of '93, and I saw it again in summer '94. Now maybe this could be me misremembering maybe it wasn't out for a whole year maybe it was re-released in summer 94 i don't know but i know that it was a long time before it was released on video and uh, that's uh yeah that's not gonna be the case with this mario movie they're gonna put it out in april i'm guessing it's gonna be well there was some theaters uh... for three or four months and then out by summer well, there was some. Uh, there was a news thing that was maybe was true, maybe wasn't, uh, saying that like Mario would be up for sale like in the first couple weeks of May, like so. Uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe that was just like them not being sure of it. I mean, they're they're gonna make money off of it. I mean, I, that yeah. there's people are gonna. I mean, if if the Sonic movies can make money, I think uh, I think that they're that this is going to make money just because it's people, an illumination movie. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, people just, I think people just want to see it just to see it, like whether it sucks or it doesn't, right. I think they just want to see what it is, you know? So what do it's we think about it making a billion fire. dollars? I think it'll make a billion. A, oh, bi- a billion. Yeah. Globally. Billion. Yes. I don't know. Uh, Avatar is coming out soon. You no, have no, a that's, lot. that's this, this, <laughs> yeah, this year. No, you have a lot of uh, crossover appeal with this movie. You have, you know, every, adult and their child wants to go see this movie. You got the video game fans. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be a big hit. So I'm, I'm saying a billion bucks. Yeah. Like, the people that are in a meth, the meth heads are going to love it. You know, like people that are, people are going to want to see this movie on mushrooms. It's like billion is what, like end game level. I don't, I don't know. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be that high. I mean, maybe probably not opening weekend. I don't know. Well, that's like uh, Marvel movies, right? They're the ones that are getting like the billions. That's what I'm saying. Endgame. That was like the. Oh, high... that's what you meant by Endgame. Yeah, okay, Endgame yeah. was like. I was that... thinking of like Endgame after like all the merchandise. And... Oh no, no, the Mar- uh, Avengers Endgame because that was that was the highest selling movie until they fucking re released Avatar in 2020 and somehow it beat it. What? It's stupid. Look at the Avatar numbers. Like seriously, because everybody had they to go sold like see six it billion. The first time. they made like six billion dollars. Yeah. It's so dumb. Like yeah. Avatar is really popular in China. I was reading yeah. something about that. It's had a huge. It has a huge following in China, and that's why he gets to make four of these movies that people are so meh about over here. Well, I mean, well, I mean, don't don't discredit James Cameron. He's very good as, at uh, putting butts in seats, as they would say. Uh, He's always been, you know, Titanic made a billion dollars too. So don't forget. And even, you know, Terminator 2 made a ton of money also. It was I mean, this dude went movie, down but... into the Marianas Trench in a personal yeah. submarine. <laughs> I mean, but he's, he's never he really. He does his research. He's never really. I'm just saying he's never really had a flop. I mean, aside from maybe like what, Piranha 3D or something. But that was a long time ago. I'm just saying he's good at making money off movies. And, I, you know, I thought, I still think Avatar is a total piece of shit, but. People liked seeing it for whatever I mean, I think of the reason. 1984 hit Terminator, and I'm like, you're right. Yeah, Terminator, Terminator 2, like, Titanic, like, The Abyss. Like, he, yeah, he made a ton of money on shit. It's good at, good at getting people to see stuff. Alien 2, Aliens, made a lot of money on that, too. You know, he actually had to show, uh, he actually showed the, the crew of, uh, he showed the crew of, um, what was it? He showed the crew of Terminator 2, Alien, or vice versa. There was, uh, the, no, it was, uh, maybe it was Aliens. He, they didn't believe he was like a good director, so he showed them like a copy of Terminator One or something like that to try to like make them think that he like knew what he was doing because they had like no faith in him at the time for Alien. And that's a damn good movie, so that's good. We did a How Is It Now episode on that. Check it out on the Podcatchers or whatever. Yeah, Google honored uh, uh, Jerry Lawson, the inventor of the game cartridge, with a doodle on its homepage for his birthday. I thought that was pretty cool. It was like a Mario Maker thing. You got to make your own. Game starring Jerry Lawson running around and jumping, grabbing coins and stuff. Did you guys get this? Give this a try at all? No, uh, no, I did not play the game. But Jeremy, did you? Uh, did you catch uh, um, one of the Retronauts hosts actually like corrected that where he wasn't actually the creator; he was a co-creator, and they went into like the full hmm. story of the actual first cartridge and all that. It was uh, Benj, or you know what I'm talking about. Oh, Ben Edwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he went. He did a whole like Twitter feed about it, about uh, the the full story of the actual first uh, cartridge. And uh, yeah, I was you know I, I happened to be on Twitter at the time to see it. And uh, I mean Jerry Lawson. For those who don't know, I mean he's a really important figure just because he was kind of a forgotten figure because a lot of people weren't for the longest time. People didn't care about the history of the actual medium. You know, like games happen. Who made them, you know, like who is like, but like when you think about the actual like hardware and everything, like he was an African-American in the space and such an early era and such an influential part of why games are the way they are today. So, yeah, he may have co-created the cartridge. Yeah. But no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't trying. To, I, I wasn't trying to utter, undercut him. I was just saying, I know. Uh, it's ben, just a ben, binge ben, probably. Benjamin Edwards was just like, here's the full story. Like, this is part of it. And here's the actual he might be the, the most online yeah. guy I know on the Twitter as far as he's got like websites he's maintained for 30 years now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's, he knows the internet. Well, he's done his research, but no, I didn't play the game, but I read uh Ben Edwards, stuff that he said about it. So 
that's where I was at on that. I don't know. It, you know, it's I haven't listened to Retronauts in a long time, but uh, but yeah, the, I mean, I always liked him on the other shows. And whenever he puts anything up, I'm like, okay, I want to read that. Then we got some positive movements in the way of uh, video game companies forming unions. So uh, Zenimax Media uh, is uh, they have voted to unionize 300 QA staff positions. And then Activision Blizzard, they also uh, uh, are, they have a second union now for, for me at Activision Blizzard. Good. Well, uh, I think um, this is an Illinois thing, but I think they passed the, uh, in the last uh, election, right? They passed the thing where you can unionize, like that's a... Yeah, yeah, the workers' the rights. Thing, the thing that we voted on. Mm-hmm. I know, a, you know, a friend of my wife's, uh, Caroline's involved in the union and all that and kept saying, you know vote on that it's like yeah yeah we'll, we'll already vote on that but but uh but i think it did actually it went right yes it went through so cool yeah everybody should be able to unionize don't right. let them, don't let them fuck you over yeah companies got nothing to fear from a union if they're doing everything right that's what reggie said right but the big 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 <laughs> companies realize they can save more money if they use these busting tactics yeah they do fucking diabolical shit like really to try to bust it's unions where it's like up. yeah no I, I heard about stuff with amazon and star and like starbucks and yeah it's real real because creepy. in the big picture yeah. they lose more in the short term but less in the long term by doing this shit yeah it's real fucking creepy the things they do like i listen to interviews from like people from starbucks who are trying to unionize where they're like where they were like you know like union busters like in the store they're like, what can we do for you? It's like, why don't you just fucking get behind the register and fucking work? You know, like we need help mm-hmm. here. Like, what are you doing? Like, or like people like Amazon, you know, who could tell who the who the union busters were because they had much better shoes than everybody else did. Like, it's like, yeah, no, you're you're the fu- you're sus here. Here's the sus person. You know, they they put posters on the in the bathroom saying like, hey, you can't buy video games if you pay union dues and like all sorts of like predatory yep. like terrible. What you have things. all your teeth? Yeah, you're definitely not. Yeah, just so, just preying on people that you know probably you're living paycheck to paycheck, and paychecks you know don't mean as much as they used to, and yeah, just really real predatory bullshit and all that. So I don't know. Speaking of bullshit, do you want to talk about the game awards for a second? Just sure. to, just because of uh, sure. I mean, what is Reggie Fizeme like a, a presenter on there? He's a he presenter this will. year. Yep. The the will. only thing I wanted to say is just that I think it's hilarious is that. Uh, Valve is giving away a Steam Deck every minute, every minute for the Game Awards. But the trick is that you have to figure out how to use Steam's streaming service to watch it. So if you, if either of you can figure out how to do it, you'll probably get a free Steam Deck. Is what I'm saying. Do you want one? Figure out how to use it, because I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and uh, it's, I'm just that's that's the catch. Is you know how to watch on their shitty the... on their shitty streaming service, you'll get a Steam Deck automatically. I'm sure it just works through the Steam app. Like I, I do have that. Uh, I also think the catch is that they chose to give a, a Steam Deck away every minute. When Keeley said this is going to be the shortest Game Awards yet, so like, so I oh, mean, man, we're getting... what is it going to be? In 90 minutes? It's still like 90. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's 90 minutes. I don't know. I was going to try to watch it tomorrow, but I think if there's anything last year was so bad that I don't know. Hopefully they'll try to fix some stuff. There's still a pre-show though, which is like already like just have just a regular show. If it's not a fucking red carpet, don't do a fucking pre-show. I think in a couple of years, Steam Decks are going to be on at closeout prices, just like all Valve's other hardware. Like I got the Steam controller for I think five dollars. Yeah, (laughs) got and I got the Steam. what the hell is it even called? I can't remember what it's called because I've never, I've only used it once and it does work. 
but it's the streaming device that you hook up to your TV and then it streams your PC to anything else in the house through your mm. Wi-Fi. I've got that. I got that for, I think, $20 maybe, which I paid too much for it. But, you know, it was originally like 100 bucks, I think, when it came out. Yeah, the Steam controller was like 60 or 70 bucks. I got that for five, you know, like um, the Steam decks. Look at hardware across the spectrum. Okay, yeah, I guess you can kind of find a Switch fairly easy now. It wasn't like that for a while, but you probably can't find the one you want right away. You probably have to shop around for it a little bit. I've seen a lot of OLEDs. Every time I go to Target, I see an OLED, yeah. Well, then maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm on the wrong. I've I've seen it pretty available. um, It's hard to find so many. I mean, I didn't check today. I was there today. but Consoles. Why does Steam have this glut of steam decks where you could literally buy one now like you can go to the steam store and get one sent right to you yeah i don't know probably because they're designed they probably made way too many of them (laughs) and they're sitting on this huge stockpile of them and give them away i don't know i don't know i'm i want one eventually but by the time i get it it's gonna be like buying an iphone from 12 years ago it's just gonna be irrelevant i mean i think it's a i don't know it's like kind of their own perfect storm that they created right where it's like uh make a thing that everybody wants and then they don't want it and now we'll hand them out. I mean, I know Nintendo's been accused of the same thing, but I've watched so many people. But have, but have you seen the design of the Steam Deck? It's it, I mean, I'm sure it works fine, but I really the like the buttons are like way at the same they're like so high with the analog sticks and because they have to have the the mouse pads there, I think it looks stupid. Like as far as like trying to hold it and play with and it, it's really really. Heavy. I saw one in person and it looked really. They're, they're very like, high. Uh, the buttons are too high. That's what I'm saying. They're too well, high. It, looks, it looks big. It looks, which I actually, it kind of appeals to me honestly. To have a large console I could actually hold comfortably in portable mode, that'd be pretty cool. My, I mean, my Switch but, is like the size of a Steam Deck actually because I have stupid, stupidly huge uh, Joy Cons on there now. <laughs> But but I mean but but the way the placement of the where like the Steam Deck like here's the switch like the the analog sticks are like way up high and the buttons are really high too because they have to make space for the mouse pad. And I always thought that was just pointed that out too. It just it, the design of it looks weird. It doesn't look necessarily comfortable to play. I don't know. Well, that's gonna have to be it for me. That's fine. I don't think we have anything else to say in news. We'll just let's do our sign off here and then we'll you know and then we'll jump into the uh, zero area zero or whatever it's called. And talk about the end of uh, Pokemon. So, anyway, thanks everybody for listening to episode 350 of Nintendo Made Podcast. And also, I wanted to let everybody know: uh, check out games my mom found. Uh, Jess and I are actually on the episode this week. We talked about Mario Golf Advance with Mike, and it was a lot of fun. We had, cool. we had, we had, we had a good time game. doing that. It's so uh, you know one of our one of my probably one of my favorite golf games for sure. And, and uh, yeah, we had a nice little, it was just the three of us. We had a nice little conversation. Once uh, I was done being incredibly sick, we finally got to it. it. Took a minute, but you know. Anyway, check that out. And also check out Super GG Radio because I I wrote the, because um, I normally do my uh, top five games of the year, but this year I did top five best ports of the year to Switch. So check out that article. It should be available whenever this posts. So take a look at that. There might be a little game called Resident Evil Village in there somewhere. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and, and if you want to find us on Twitter, uh, I'm at Nintendo underscore domain. Jeremy's at jmaxstack. As I said earlier, you want to watch my uh, my heavily edited uh, WCW versus NWO tribute video or whatever, uh, go to youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Or if you want to watch my stream, which I do every Monday night around 11 or so, go to twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. 
Also, if you like the sound of our voices and you want to hear bonus episodes, go to patreon.com slash podcast, where we just put up an episode where we talked about our favorite games that never got a sequel, that were one-and-done games. Check that out there. Looks like it's a pretty, pretty good episode. And if you uh, give it a $5 level, you can also hear the WRT Radio, which also went up for last month. So check that out. It's a pretty dope mix. Got, it's got a lot of Pokemon stuff in there. And Bayonetta and other amazing songs. Oh, and I, and I said this on the Patreon, but I didn't say it here yet. I'm actually going to be making a Best of the Year episode. It'll be available on the, on the free feed and the Patreon, where I basically take the what I think are the best songs that we've used in our intros and outros and put it together in a lovely little playlist, which will be available on the free feed, so you can get a taste of the Patreon WART radio stuff. So that'll be out like probably like beginning of January and all that. So check that out. Anyway, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. John Nitter. spoil it all uh all right we're here on the super super secretive uh pokemon completionist part of the show here i'm glad that you beat it so we can actually fully I think, fully talk i think about i completioned it. it i don't know i guess i'll find we, out we, i mean you got the credits you got the picture i mean i, I mean you don't have a completed pokedex i'm sure but i don't know. i uh but you got i did some post game stuff too okay i um i haven't done that much post game stuff have you uh have you fucked with the legendary stuff at all after the post game or do you know no. how to do that? I don't know how to do that. I still have not successfully bred a Pokemon or done any oh, yeah, picnics ne- ne- or anything like neither that. Neither have I. Um, so th- this is something I just found out because I was looking at, like, what is the point of going to the classes on Pokemon? And yeah. uh, there's one class that is very important that you need to do, and that's history. If Once you complete the history class, you can start looking for the legendary Pokemon. And there's four legendary Pokemon. Oh, okay. That you can get after you complete the the history, so you have to do the midterms and the finals and all that. Which I was, you know, I was trying to do. I was trying to do as much as I can because the the classes are actually really really helpful because they they basically I did work zero of them. Yeah, they they actually work a lot of the the way the core of the game. Like they actually teach you stuff about like walking your Pokemon around and like all this different stuff into the classes. So I thought they did a pretty good job with that. It's just kind of really tedious if you try to do it all at once. I kind of wish it was, honestly, I wish it was like fucking Persona, where they kind of force you to go to class, like when you have to go to class, you know? I kind of wish it had a little bit of that. I mean, I love like being able to go out and do whatever you want to do in the open world. I still think they could have started like each section with like a class or something. Like, okay, well, you're about to go do this mission before you go fight the... Yeah, maybe maybe you, maybe you got to go back and do the class before you do the next thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I kind of wish it would have been, like I said, a little bit more like Persona, where obviously, you know, you're not going to go to class if you don't have to. But Persona, like, it's part of the schedule. It's a schedule that you will do because you're a student, you know. So 
I kind of wish they would have done it a little bit more like that, where it's like on this day you got to do this, you got to do this. Maybe not as restricted, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, like it's, it's yeah. just funny because towards the end of the game, I was like in my room, and they're like, "Oh, this room looks comfortable," or somebody said something like that. Like you, you've spent a lot of time here. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I've been yeah. in this. This is the second time I've been in this room the whole game. Yeah, no. Actually, when they at the end where they put you in the room, I was like, "What is this room? I've never been here uh-huh. before." What I couldn't even remember like? how. Like yeah. I was like. I can't remember how to wander around the academy. I didn't know I where forgot. the fuck I was. I'm like, I'm like, am I in my house at the beginning? Like, where the fuck am I? Like, yeah, because yeah. I did the same thing where I just, I mean, you know, I treat, I treated it like Breath of the Wild. You know, I'm just like, you told me to go, and I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go, and I'm gonna catch Pokemon. I'm gonna have a great time. But yep. the the only reason I went back to do some of the uh, class stuff is when I learned that like the only time you could get false swipe is through like doing the biology course. So I tried to like sort of keep up on it because you do get a lot of like uh, experience candies and stuff like that from doing the, from doing the classes. And then later I read that you have to do the history class to do the legendary. So I'm like, I want to do legendary okay. stuff. Well, so. yes, I'm doing that. Yeah. Next. So you got to fully finish that. But, but the, the legendary is kind of like gave me a little bit of, kind of reminded me a little bit of a Arceus reminded me of like hunting down the purple fires because the legendaries, you basically, if, if you found any of those, uh, those stakes that are different colors, yeah, um, it, thankfully it'll, it'll carry it over. So anything that you found already before you took the history class will still be gone, but you have to find like four different stakes for each, like for oh. each of the gates for the legendary Pokemon. So you have to find the stakes and then the, and then there'll be a gate that falls down once you get all the stakes off of it. And then you can catch the legendary after that is how it works. So, okay. Yeah. But, there, but there's down, four of them. Yeah. I've knocked down three or four stakes, but I don't know if they were the same. Yeah. They're different colors. There's different colored ones that go for, and, and, and when you, after you do the, the, the history teacher will, will put a marker on your map showing where the legendaries are. So you, you're supposed to just kind of look around that area for the stakes because they're like supposed to be by that area. But if you already found some, they will carry over. So there you go. I mean, given the level of mobility I have now, like I'm sure it won't be too hard to find the stakes and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I looked around, I looked around from a little bit, you know, I was like, uh, um, but yeah, but but you beat the game. You got a how was uh how was Elite Four for you? How how did that go? All right, so I have a confession, and I was debating whether or not I was going to discuss this <laughs> on the show. But whatever, I like to be honest with the uh... sure. So I use Surprise Trade a lot, and um... I, I used it a little bit. Well, I have a I have a Quaxly for you. Maybe you already got one, but I I got I one. I got one through Surprise Trade. I've been saving it for you. Um, whenever you want it, you can have it. I but yeah, I use Surprise Trade a lot just because every time i go you know i'm like this with any game i play where i if i'm not focused on one thing then i'm not going to get jack shit done so i'm out to collect pokemon now that's what i'm going to do for the next couple of hours i mean that's yeah that was what i so while i'm doing that any extras i get i arrange my you know i go in and i arrange my boxes to where they're in their own separate box or they're you know in such they're they're positioned in such a way that i know these six five or six pokemon are extras and then I'll do surprise trades with each of them in succession until okay. Why, and, and why you do... know, and you know if you have them or, or not based on whether it creates a new entry. So that's how I know if I already have them or not. And then I'll because at this point I've got so many that I it would be hard to actually go through and see what I do have through visually through my. Which I really wish you could arrange that the boxes. They don't really give you much yeah. options for that. I was going to say like, what? Why do you have so many extras? Like, why do you have some well, extra Pokemon? I, well, I, for exclusively for that purpose. Okay. So it'd be like, well, I, it, it'll be when I'm like running through the map and I accidentally run into somebody. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to try to catch it because okay. I didn't see it. 
it, it captured me. I'm like you. I didn't, I stopped fighting the, uh, the, I, the yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really fight any of my mostly. I only go to them trainers. if I need money, but anymore, that's not a thing. Yeah. You, get a, got, ton, you get a ton of money towards the end. Yeah. I, I got to like tell you what happened. Yeah. And let's see if I can get my game out here. I got a level 100 Pokemon through the, the surprise trade. Oh shit. Which and that got me that, that made it smooth sailing i got it oh, right oh yeah so you kind of got a little cheat there. right around yeah right around the time that i went to the elite four um i failed my first try and then i went into my did, pokemon did. and i started like looking like you know because you can't resurrect them in between if you're not if you're out of rev- it'll let you heal but i was if out you of don't revives, have revives so i actually right. i spent all my money on revives and like hyper potions and max potions and that's what i do pokeball now. and all that i've, I've been now doing I that since the beginning so i had i had like 30 some revives but the ones that you really need are the max revives because those are the ones that which i had like maybe five of those but those are the ones that really you know when you get one that gets knocked out because you don't know like what the type is or whatever blah 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 what what I wanted to ask though on on the subject of the elite four, did you pass the test at the beginning? Isn't that test like fucked up? The do you remember the the interview? You have an interview and yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to actually like know shit because I, I failed it like flat out. I, I passed I it my first try. Really? I don't know how. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how. They're like, who gave you the hardest time? And I like I couldn't remember the name of it, but yeah. it was the water gym because that was the the hardest one for me initially. Yeah, I thought the hardest thing was trying to remember the name of the of the lead gym leaders because i don't i picked like iono because that's the only one i remember the fucking streamer with the shark teeth like that's the only one i remember but i don't remember what town that was from and i i totally fucked it up and the guy like made a face and he's like oh i thought this person was meant some meant something and then they throw me out and i have to do it again actually what was it uh the biology final speaking of failing the biology final actually failed four times don't tell anybody. I mean, everybody on this podcast knows, but yeah, no, I actually failed the biology final multiple times because I didn't understand the first question. I didn't read it correctly. I was, cause it was, it was worded, worded weirdly. And then later I figured out why I kept losing because you have to, in order to, in order to like beat the finals, you have to get like four out of five. Right. And I kept only getting three out of five and I, it was seriously like four out. And I ended up just looking up the answers cause I was tired of taking it over and over again, but it's because I misread the first step, the first question was why i kept fucking up but yeah that interview was like what the fuck is this i was like i thought you were just gonna throw me right right in there and that i could not remember what the gym leader was of whatever place and i fucked it up and i had to do it again. i think i think i just got lucky because honestly i was like i don't remember if this is the right name but for whatever reason i passed the first time so i was like well maybe everybody passes i didn't know you could fail that i failed <laughs> i failed it for sure but i but i didn't but i didn't fail any of the any of them after that but it was very it was very close and I wanted to say, I mean, I wasn't going to say it because I wasn't sure where you were in the game, but I was going to say like Elite Four, more like Elite Six, right? It just keeps yeah. going and going. And I'm like, when does this end? Like, what? what is this? Like, I don't know. But I, but it, for me, it was a pretty good challenge. And my, my uh, Pokemon were around like 70. I think they were like early, like low, like I think they were all like level 70, maybe early 60s. or That's about 60s. where all mine are now, except for the, the one level 100 I have, which coasted me through it there's one that's a fire pokemon um and it and it evolves differently depending on which version you have i think it's cerulege is the is the violet version but that one was one i was trying to build up because i finally figured out how to evolve it because that's a weird evolution thing you basically have to go to this one town and you have to collect like 
these certain amount of uh, Sinistee chips. That's the, like the ghost uh, T Pokemon. You have to be yeah. a certain amount of them, and you have a certain amount of these, and you trade it for this um, armor that you give to the Pokemon, and it will react differently depending on which version you have. And uh, it basically kind of looks ends up looking like sort of like a Mega Man. Like mine has like two, uh, has like two uh, purple swords. And I think on your side, it would look, it would have like the the Mega Buster, like the, like the like the gun on the hand and all that, and it's and it's red. But uh, I, I used that for Elite Four, and it had this move called the Bitter Blade, which actually you hit somebody and it actually fully heals you after you hit them. So it actually ended wow. up being like a really incredibly great move that I didn't even know that I kind of just threw them out because it was I knew it was like a something that was weak against fire, and that was the only fire thing I had. And I threw them out, and they actually did really well because it heals you right after you attack it. And I'm like, awesome. I mean, it's basically like another version of like a Mega Drain or Giga Drain or whatever, like those type of ones. Or Leech Life is another one that does that. But yeah, each of them I kind of like, I kind of got out by the skin of my teeth, but I didn't lose on any of the Elite Four. So I was like, I felt pretty good about it. And it, you know, th- this this game really had its hooks had its hooks into me where I was like, I'm like, I'm just gonna play it and play it and play it until I get until I get through it, and I did. Yeah, I played it till I got to the end. And uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we were recording or not, but those the credits were just like, they're like, it's like not smooth. It's all like just like jumpy, like the whole way through. And I'm like, I'm like, even the credits, even the credits aren't smooth. What the fuck? And and yeah, we and we got Celestial pushed on us. We got fucking Ed Sheeran at the end there. I'm like, oh my god, really? Or Ed Sheeran? Yeah, they literally play an Ed Sheeran song at the end of this Pokemon. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm like, wow, what? okay, all right, yeah, you're pushing it on us on this on this credits. I'm like, I don't even know if this guy was born yet when the first Pokemon came out, but you know, it's infl- I didn't infl- know who this guy was until a couple months ago, so you know. But I mean, I was just like, whatever. I was trying to do some re- research on like how much of uh, Toby Fox, like how much how much stuff Toby Fox had written for the WRT radio, and it, he said that he came up with the main theme, like the really good, like. The South mm-hmm. Province theme that you hear, which has kind of worked in different ways through the game, which I love that. I love like how they reworked it and like some of its piano and some of its different ways. I thought that was great. So let me tell you the one I got that was level 100 and why it's a little sketch. I don't remember ever getting it, for one. And if I did get it, I would have noticed that I got a level 100 Pokemon. I don't remember ever getting that through the surprise trade. But when I f- first went through the Elite Four, I got to uh, I got to the guy with the briefcase. He's the one that oh, Larry, the- yeah, yeah. I love I love Larry. He was one of my favorites, and I loved how he showed up showed up again in Elite Four. Right. So with that was my first different types try. too. They flipped it around. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He used the air types, um, but that was the first my first shot. So I did pretty good my first shot at the Elite Four. But I was like, all right, well, this sucks. I'm going to build alternate teams because at the time i didn't have a lot of revives i didn't have a lot of money to buy revives so i was like i'm just gonna build like alternate slates of teams for each trainer you try to be like strategic in that way and i started to do that and then i'm like wait what's this over here it says pkmlab.com is the name of this pokemon and it's level 100 what the fuck my first thought was that penny gave it to me because penny had like yeah in the story, Penny like hacked the system, and that's how she was giving away the uh, the money to you. Essentially, she was stealing it from the school. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, Penny was great. I liked Penny. So I thought I thought Penny gave it to me. So I was just like, whatever. Threw it in my party, blasted through the Elite Four, boom. And it, the the type of Pokemon is hold on. Oh, uh, there was I, I actually I, I captured the picture of it 
when Penny when like I think it's towards the end of the game when you're about to go to Area Zero, where Penny's like I Penny's like I wanted to um, Penny's like I wanted to go home and watch anime. I just want to binge anime, and I took a picture of that. It's a Fluttermane. It's a legendary Pokemon. Oh fuck! Oh, <laughs> so you have one. Of, so you have one of the legendaries already. I had a I had a level 100 legendary Pokemon sent From to me surprise by PKMLab.com. I actually did some research online after I got through the Elite Four. I'm like, did I get that from Penny? Like, let's just figure out where I got this fucking Pokemon. I don't remember. And it said it was somebody had hacked it. So I don't know if my account got hacked or what, or if um, one of like they sent it and it showed up in my initial trade as like a low level Pokemon, and then what it changed once it was in my box. I don't know how I got this level 100 Pokemon. Like I have no fucking idea. But once I put it in my party. Yeah, you yeah. just blazed. I blazed through it, and uh, I tried playing around. You know, I did change up my party a little bit, and I still tried to like kind of challenge myself. But if I just used, if I would just uh, a whatever geodizer, whatever the fuck you call it, where you turn it into a crystal. Oh, uh, uh, that was it, like uh, ter- terrestrial. Terrestrialized, or whatever. Yeah, I was. I, I said it wrong on WRT radio. It's it's not terrestrial like an alien. It's terrestrial, a terrestrial, whatever. Anyway, yeah, you crystal, you crystallize yourself. Once I do that, like this thing is just unstoppable. And so, yeah, I got through the Elite Four and I was like, okay. And so at that point, I'd already gotten through um, everything else. I saved the Elite Four for last. Well, um, I think, I think, well, well, oh, okay. Yeah. No, you mean, yeah. You could have done it in different ways. You could have done Elite I did the, Four. I first, did the other two. I had finished the other did, two paths, yeah. fought the Professor, fought Penny. Uh, you fought, you fought Urban. Arvin. Yeah, I fought Arvin, fought Arvin yeah. where he actually used his like healed Pokemon against me and stuff. That that shit, and I so- mean, he hit me pretty hard on that because yeah. because when, when I when I was fighting Arvin, I I mentioned it last week, but I had level forty Pokemon, his were like sixty one. I'm like, I mm-hmm. can't do this. I'm getting out of here. So I left and did a bunch of other shit. So I feel pretty good about getting through most of it. But yeah, once I once I had that Pokemon and I didn't know it was hacked until after the fact, and then at that point I was like, well, now I'm a like Pokemon champion, so it's okay. I have a level one hundred because they all obey. They all obey me. Like this thing wouldn't have obeyed me if I didn't have sure. Yeah, all this other shit I got. So all the I feel I felt okay using it. So the post game, it asks you to go through and beat all the train all the gyms again. I just blazed through that. Did you do it? Oh, yeah, no, I, I didn't do that. Yeah, and then there's like a final tournament. I beat that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I, and I, I didn't, I didn't nothing do happens afterwards. They're just like, yeah. What happens? You can you can play that tournament again if you want. Yeah, I was I was more interested in doing like the the Pokedex stuff. So, I I, I basically I, I basically went to look at the I, I finished up the history class because I hadn't done that yet, and I tried to get some of the some of the stakes and and I caught some Pokemon that I missed like some earlier ones that I thought I had but I didn't have, and that's what and that's basically what I did. I was like, I don't want to go through the fucking gym again, like, ugh. you know, but uh. But let's. Uh, but we should talk about Area Zero, and uh, we should talk about how, how great it is. We should talk about how fucked up Arvin's life is, because I, I mentioned Arvin's life is so fucked. Well, he's a he's oh a my fu- god he's a full on orphan now, right? Because I was talking to Sean while I was playing your, it. Because in your version, is his mother is is the is the like professor, right? The the yeah. professor from the past. So yeah. his dad's dead. His mom's dead. Everybody dead. Like that, that part was pretty you fucked. Find, it was kind you of find out up, his right? mom's yeah. dead before he does. She yeah, tells right. you first. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and Shauna was like doing something on her computer while I'm playing it. I'm like, holy shit, Shauna, I'm playing Pokemon, and I just found out 
this dude's mom's dead. He doesn't know yet. They told me first. And, I, and like, at some point, we're going to have to break this to him. This is some heavy shit for Pokemon. He, he, it felt like he kind of had an idea, though, that he could tell that maybe his dad or his mom was an AI. Well, he, well, he was, was like, AI. that doesn't sound right. Yeah, her voice doesn't sound well, right. That whole part was really creepy when you get to the part where it's like, hello, children. Hello, children. Hello, children. Uh-huh. Like, that part was like, what the fuck? Like, that was, that was some great. I, I love that. Like, that was like, that's great. And and I was I was actually the like yesterday I was trying to explain the ending of Pokemon to Jess because I didn't know if we'd actually go full spoiler because I didn't know where you were at or you know or how we do it and I was like well I, I don't know if we'll say this in the podcast but this is what happens and I was trying to explain everything that happens and talk about how like this Reed Richard character like who's helped you through the whole game like why they turn against you which I thought was really cool where like you have to mm-hmm. shut down this like time travel machine which. On Violet, you're basically bringing in Pokemon for the fu- from the future, so they all they're like these metal versions of the ones that are already there. So they're like robots. I don't know what because yours are from the past, right? Yeah. So in mine, you're literally just unlocking. Well, you're you are fighting old Pokemon. So each each station has like a a Pokemon battle where you fight a terrestrialized version of like uh you know you you learn they're like primitive Pokemon, and uh, I was not able to successfully capture any of them because i couldn't get any of them to like be low enough to catch them or whatever to break their crystal form i don't know if you can actually catch them or not I oh know, i mean if they're if they're a terrestrial a terrestrialized um they have to be they they will their crystal form will break when they're at a certain hp or whatever mm. i i caught all the ones that were in area zero but uh I guess I guess we should go back a little bit i haven't uh, caught any of the ones in area zero oh, I, I, I caught all of them all the ones that i could cool. see yeah. Well, I also use I use quick balls at the beginning, and a lot of times those work. And if those don't work, uh, I use ultra balls. And if those don't work, use the uh, the time balls, the ones that get stronger, the the more uh, rounds you get into it. Because if you it, eventually those will work. See, I only Depending have on, great balls and ultra balls. I have not bought all the like specialized ones. So have you been to the po- have you have you looked at the Pokedex? Because if you press X, you actually get bonus balls for like. Oh, the amount of Pokemon you found in your Pokedex. And also, you'll get more from the teacher no, as well. Uh, from the biology teacher, will give you a ton of extra stuff as well from uh, from how many you catch. So, yeah. that's So, I, I, had, a, I had a decent I got, I got to be honest. Like, after last week, I was just on a mission to beat this game. Like, mm. I was like, I have to beat a game. I've got so many games that I want to beat before the you end of the beat year. This one? Yeah. <laughs> I got to beat this one because... I'm having so much fun with it. It's captivated me and it's doable. Like, Oh, sure. This game, this game's like a straight up RPG. I don't know yet. I don't know. I can, I can over level and I can like be OP. Yeah. 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 You can can break it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know how much, I think it took me like 50 hours about as what I I was at at the end. You're going to have to look and see what my time is because it still won't show me, but Oh yeah. This might be the first time I've beaten like a, a, a big release like this where, it won't show me my time yet. I'm sure it's over 40 hours. Like I put a lot of time into it. I was playing it quite a bit. It says 40 hours for you. Yeah. 40 hours or more. So it could be like 43, 44 hours or whatever. I love this game. I stopped caring about the graphical issues so quick. And like I noticed them. Mine says 45 hours. And I, well, I think it's kind of close to 50. You beat the, uh, the thing I beat where you just fight the tournament in the town, whatever, no spoilers, but let's just say at the end of it, everybody's celebrating and you see a lot of the characters from the game 
you know, kind of one of those reunion scenarios where everybody's there, they're all happy, and it can't animate them to save their lives. Like they're like <laughs> right next to the camera, and they're like two frames every four seconds. The animation inside of the school is so bad. Like that's I the mean, students like will be sitting there. And just the, I mean, the reason that I, I frames. Yeah, I, I really like. I mean, I like the game, but I think I liked it because I spent little time in the school, and you were saying that as well. Because yeah, when you're in the school, it's just like. Or, like, even when you're in the spot where you can go and, like, take your classes and all that, that's the one where there's, like, crazy pop-in all over the place. And, yeah, people are doing, like, three frames per second. Everything's, like, real choppy. And it's, like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's, like, probably the worst, some of the worst that it looked, which, well. Well, the textures are shit in this game everywhere. Aside from Area Zero. I thought Area Zero looked like shit on my on my, on my end. It ran really badly. It was overly bright. I can't. I hated that we had like Avengers: Infinity War here with uh, with uh, my legendary Pokemon. I think we. I don't know. If, you probably never saw Infinity War. Basically, I if, saw it. Yeah, but I don't. Remember in Avengers: it. Infinity War, Hulk, who's like the strongest Avenger, he uh, sees Thanos and he gets so scared that he won't come out of Bruce Banner again. Mm. So Bruce mm-hmm. Banner does not become the Hulk after that. That's basically what happens at the end here. Because the Maridon gets so scared of being in Area Zero that you cannot ride your Maridon, so you have to walk through the whole thing very slowly. So I take it this this was the same for you, where um, it was a territorial battle between the two, and he had lost it previously. Okay. Yeah, it, honestly, when when we got there, I've I, I figured I was like, this is just padding. This is padding right here because it's like you got to go to these four places. You got to unlock this door, and you got to go to all these places, and you can't just jump down like you normally do. You know, I don't know if you got this piece of dialogue in your version, but when they first showed, they said you have to unlock these four things. One of the characters was like, "That sounds very video gamey." Oh, you know, yeah, they did say that. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. That's what I was right when I saw it. I was like padding. Okay, but I, I really love. I love the part where they like where you, where they jump off and you have to pull you onto the front of the of the legendary before you like spiral down. Yeah, into the, I was like, that's, that's so really dumb. cool. I don't know. I, well, I like, no, it I was like it. Uh, I thought it was cute. For, you know, for me, it was like the character's afraid of heights, supposedly. And then they're like, uh, well, to help him out, we'll all climb on top of him and force him to jump off while he waves. Oh, oh yeah, more. the legendary. I was afraid of yeah. that. Yeah. But, but, I, but I was like, it was weird because, yeah, you're forced to like, you know, it's kind of like Tunic where they take all the shit away from you at the end. And it's yeah. like they, they, they're for, they force you to like walk really slowly through the whole thing where you're used to riding on your Pokemon. You can't anymore. But also, I don't know if you ran into this, but whenever you and the people are talking to each other, you cannot you cannot do anything. Your buttons don't exist anymore. Like all, like you can't press X to go to your menu. You can't press a ZR to like line up. Oh, a you're Pokemon. talking about when they're doing their like field dialogue. Yeah. It's fucking annoying. You can't, you can't, See, I wasn't it, like, it made your buttons I, I don't know. non-existent. I'm just like trying to catch the Pokemon here. I'm like, I don't give a shit what the fuck you guys are saying. See, uh, that, that's where we're different. There's a fucking I was tr- metal Santa Claus Pokemon over there that I got to get. And I did, you know, there's like one from the, See, I was, yeah, I said it a little bit ago, but I was motivated to beat the game by this episode because I just wanted, like, I saw you beat it a few days ago, and I had been like, I was so close. I was like, I just got to finish it, like, and it ended up being a lot longer than I thought to finish it. But um, so once I got to the area zero, I had, I think it was actually Eric Van Allen. I read, I don't know if I read his full review or read, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see where, that, but I know, I know he wrote it. Basically, he, all he said was like it turns into a different game for the last part. 
It, it does. So, it does. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. my whole, the whole time that I'm playing it, I'm like, that's my reward for the, not just to beat it by next episode of Nintendo main, which was definitely part of it. But uh, also like, I got to see what this different game mode is at the very end, which turned out to be not that different. It just became field dialogue, uh, very slow moving down yeah. one path. I mean, very much like going down a corridor. There really wasn't a whole lot. Of, it was. Like, yeah. I, I shit you could go off to the side to see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I tried, I tried to go to all the sides cause I wanted to catch all the Pokemon and I did for whatever ones that I could see. And there's some, there's some pretty good, like, Pickups on the ground, you know, if you if you go look for them, but it's mostly TMs you already have, or you know, some more like power ups that you probably already stocked up on. I guess that kind of sucked because yeah, there was no Pokemon centers down there, so you couldn't buy any extra Pokeballs or whatever. But I did, but have a, you could I had a bunch uh, of uh, I had fifty each Ultra of, Balls. No, each of the uh, so that's the thing. Each of the places when you get to them has a little warp where you can go back to the beginning and then yeah you can, like, i yeah, i didn't i didn't use any of them i never used that but, <laughs> but i but i did yeah. make a mental yeah. note of that like hey you know yeah. if i need to go back and buy supplies it there that option is here but i didn't need to do that yeah i i, I really i like the story of area zero but i didn't necessarily like walking through area zero that's right. that's where i'm at on that like i thought and it, and I don't know I'm I don't know if you know this I put it in the notes I don't know if you knew it but you can actually go back to Area Zero and catch a second version of the of the legendary Pokemon so you can oh. get so basically what what I was thinking what we should do is I'll get another Maridon and you'll get another whatever yours is called and we'll trade them and then we'll have them both in the Pokedex but you get you get two versions of the one so you get the one that you ride on and then you get and you get another one that you that you can go down and fight. So if you go all the way down to Area Zero again after you beat the whole game, you get another one of your main Pokemon. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. So you get two of them. Yeah. So you can, so you can trade it with me, and we'll try to finish. Sure, I love to do that. I, I want, uh, I want, I want to finish I... the. I really want to finish the Pokedex. It's only four hundred Pokemon for this one, and I have over three hundred. I, I don't. I, I think I'm many. right about three hundred. I'd be maybe maybe a little bit above three hundred. No, you you have to have more than that. I would be surprised. No, I I was. I mean, I got pretty high on it, but I think I'm. I think I'm like maybe three ten or something like that. No, maybe I'm. Maybe, this I'm game. maybe I'm more like two ninety. I don't know if I ever hit the three hundred mark. I don't know. Regardless, I play I'm this close, game like I'm a close speed enough runner. where I want to. I want to like. I wanted to do the full Pokedex, so I want to trade you the Quaxley and trade you the Cerulege and the and the um and and the legendary and all that stuff. Sure. It, it's a shame that you can't like trade them and then ride the other one. That would be cool if you could ride the one from Scarlet. Like you could trade it and then you, you, you do can't know do you that. can use them in battle as well, right? Yeah, I know you can flip them okay. out of, but you have to have a. I em- never, I've never done that. But you have to have an empty spot. Well, you did, you did at the end because you had to. Well, right? I had to, but I, yeah. I never did it like optionally afterwards. I didn't do it either because they had to like. They said I had to take people out of my. Regular, that was, regular rotation, and I didn't want to do shit, that. That was so cool at the end, and I, you just reminded me of that, where it was yeah. just your legendary versus, yeah, that was really cool. And, well, did you do where you, at, well, for me, I, I ter- terrest- what, terrestrialized, and then I used the, the move where you use your terrestrial power to destroy them, and I basically one-shotted them, and they were out. That's how I, yep. that's how I beat them, yeah. So, that's exactly what so, I did. So, so that was cool. 
But but that whole ending was great. Yeah, where you had to fight the you had to fight the like robot version of the dad of the character that you've been helping and Well, for like, me it was the mom. Yeah, well the but, but either way, Arvin is fucked. Arvin has no parents. Like they're all dead yeah. in like every version. It's like I'm like, I'm sorry, Arvin. I mean, it's it's bad enough that you can only see half the world because your hair is like right in front of your eye all the time. But mm-hmm. but but it's like I don't know. I felt bad. I felt bad for him. And I, last week I was talking about how his dad neglected him. You know, he's reminded me of Reed Richards, who like that was like kind of a through line of him neglecting his family because he's creating new universes in his lab or whatever. And it's and then it like it went more harder than that, where it's like, no, your dad's been dead for a while because your dad like or your dad or mom uh, sacrificed mm-hmm. themselves to to protect the legendary Pokemon and yeah. and then you've been talking to this artificial intelligence thing beyond that. And, and now you have to fight this thing at the end where they're like, we're going to turn on you because we have to shut down this time machine. And she does do say that, that she's like, yeah, well, the mom, t- I guess in your case, the dad was like, yeah. well, I'm about to turn on you because it's going to turn on the defense protocol. And I can't refuse that as a computer. Yeah, that's some Star Trek shit there. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like I'm basically it, it's in my in my programming where I have to protect the I have to protect the 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 um the the time travel machine and and I will turn on you and you will have to do that and it and yeah and then they throw down all the master ball everything was in a master ball like that was cool. Mm-hmm. No, I really enjoyed the end battle, but yeah, the I don't know where she when she throws on Pokemon, she's standing way up tall and she just kind of like drops them. And yeah, no, they just, just let it just roll off. The yeah, end of your fingers. that was like, pretty it's cool. Really, it's really that was dra- a nice little. It's touch. real dramatic. I like that. Where you're not like most of them throw it out. It's just like uh-huh. I'm just rolling. It's like I'm that much better than you. I'm just gonna let it roll off my fingers. And when if you've noticed, there's like pr- unique animations for each character when they use the terrestrialized thing and they like. It all they're always kind of like reacting to it like it surprises them at first. Oh yeah, it's like it's like its own force that you have to like yeah. grip to like yeah, to hold it where it is. Like I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, and I, I was curious is like how much does this one affect the other one cuz sometimes do like two mm. hands or like it's over the side and you know. Yeah. And then I, I didn't I didn't really do much with the terrestrial stuff. Actually, when I was at when I was at the school, they told me that if you terrestrial your Pokémon, you get higher defense so then i started doing it after that but i wasn't doing it at all i really didn't give a shit whether I. that's why i did it for the defense which i just kind of figured out but i did i did learn you know because i fought a few pokemon battles where they would always do that on the very last round so i'm like well i'm gonna do that and then eventually i was like wait what the fuck am i doing i'll just do it at the very beginning if i can and just use my strongest pokemon terrestrialize for the very beginning and that's what i did from then on also i only learned during my Post game, I didn't realize you could take a Pokemon back while it was terrestrialized and it stayed that way. I thought when you put it back in the Pokeball, that went away. Oh, I, I never tried that. I, I yeah. thought I thought oh, that because so from one to okay because I had my you know I had my uh, strongest Pokemon or whatever the one that was strongest for the type at the time. Um, I had it terrestrialized and uh, it got down for what I thought was pretty low, like where it wasn't going to be able to fire off another attack before the other one KO'd it. So I brought it back, sent out one of my tanks so I could heal it. And, uh, when I, when I brought it back, it was back to the terrestrialized form. Oh, cool. I didn't know I could do that until like the post game, but yeah, never. Always done that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I never, never did it once. I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I would basically, yeah, I was like, well, I'm not going to, ter- I'm not going to terrestrialize or whatever. I'm not going to do it unless it's going to be something that could actually kill the Pokemon. Yeah, I didn't know you could transfer it from one to another. I thought when you did it once, you did it once. 
Well, it's only it's not from one or the other. It's just the Pokemon stays that way when you oh oh, so you can pull it it out and heal it and then put it back out. You know, I never never did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I found that out. Yeah, in the post game, and I'm like, God damn it, that might have actually made some things easier because yeah, when you know when you know you're gonna get KO'd because your speed's not high enough. You pull it out, and then you send something up you don't care about, and then you heal instead of attack. And yeah, I never. Well, I mean, well, sometimes, a couple times, I. Do. That's the way I play. We, we, yeah, you put a tank up there so you can heal the other one. But like I said, uh, Max Revive, like those are the ones I was trying. I to I never do got a hold of Max Revive. To, uh, I don't even know where they are or how you. They're on. It. They're on the map. You find them. They're little shiny spots on the ground. You find them walking around the world. That's how you find I've never. Them. I don't have any Max Revives, and I've never had one. No, I found them from. Uh, from getting treasures and shit. That's how I got them. I feel like I might have to do something to unlock them. I had a bunch of them. I found them on the world. I found them as treasures. I've never got anything above a standard revive. Oh, yeah. No, I had, I had, I had a decent amount. I had like six max revives. That I, like I said, I found them on the ground. The little sparkly so You can't buy them, but you'd find you, them. You can't so. buy them, yeah. You, know, you can uh, only, maybe I just have You can only find them. You can only find them on the world. Um, there was a from last before last week and this week. Um, there was an update. Did you mm. notice anything in the update? I, I really didn't. I, I saw different no. people saying different things. Like some people are like, "Oh, the water level looks so much. The water area looks so much better." And I'm like, "I'm not going back there. That shit was terrible. I'm just going to do my other thing." And I, I really didn't notice much of a difference. Well, and I was like, "Well, maybe it's better." And I was like, you know, like. I thought like maybe it was better because there's an update, but then I got the area zero and I was like, what area zero like kind of runs like shit and it's real slow. And, and it was like, I don't know, kind of, kind of took me down a little bit when I got to that. I mean, I wanted to know the story and all that, but I was still like, uh, this is, it felt like it kind of halted the progress. Like I was like, everything was like moving so much smoother. And it's like, now I got to go to four places to unlock one lock. Like this is dumb. Like this is dumb padding. I don't know. I was like, and I felt like it was, kind of a little misplaced in the story i guess i think i think i feel the same way um i think area zero is alluded to a lot in the game and then when it's I, mean, well, I wanted to go there but by the time i got and when there, you finally like, get there it's yeah. yeah it's very disappointing um so yeah i would say it's kind of like when you finally get through i'm just going to keep comparing this to other games but in wind waker when you finally get to go through the tunnel to go into a uh, hyrule castle or whatever you know down yeah, uh, but I love that part. The water. The part was really it's cool, cool, but you actually yeah. get to there, and it's like just one long hallway. Like oh, It's sure, so disappointing. Yeah. Hyrule's just one long hallway to the to the castle. And uh, that's kind of what it felt like at the end here. You finally get to Area Zero, and it's just one long hallway. And one long, I don't know. One long spiral. Right. Exactly. I think yeah. they could have made it more fundamental to the actual story. And yeah, as much as they were mixing stuff up around in this where you could do what you wanted next, like they could have incorporated like, you know, well, you can go down to this level but and you can see down, but there's just a bunch of fog or something. I don't know. Some way of like, you get further down the pit each time you go back to it or something, you know, or, or like, it could, I mean, or, or they could have made it where you could have gone all the way down, but you still had to go to all those different places to release the lock. Like you yeah. go down there and the, and the place would still be locked. So you still got to go up and find the other ones. I don't know. Like I said, it, it was just screaming Infinity War. Where well, like, it was also. Like, I'm afraid like, to come out of the Pokeball. I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, whatever. it was the uh, plot, plot it was designs, the big whatever. It was the big cinematic moment of the game, is what it was, and the engine couldn't handle it. But yeah. that's what it was supposed to be. You've got everybody there together, 
the first conversation they're all having as you're running is who's the best friend of you. I don't yeah. know if you remember that, but they're oh, like sure. arguing yeah, about yeah. they're arguing about who's your best friend because of like who like the story you have together. You're getting all this affirmation at the end as you're going down the pit. Like you did such a good job. These people love you. You won them over. Like this one person actually told you their greatest treasure was you. You know, like yeah. you've got like all this affirmation as you're running down the pit. And I was and that's how I was seeing it. Sure. I wasn't viewing it as like I'm at this ultimate area and I have to like get all these Pokemans to be the strongest I can be. I was like, I'm in this weird, like narrative section where I'm actually playing in this really shoddy engine. And only, you know, a couple of times that I get random encounters that would like stunt the dialogue and then it would start up again. But I never once was like, Oh no, I want to heal now. Or I want to do this, that, the other, like I didn't even run into that because I was treating it as a cinematic I was well. I was just trying to target the Pokemon that was there, so I could know whether I had them or not. So okay. I could go because you can't target them because your buttons don't work anymore because of this dialogue. I see what you mean. I see. So that was where I was like, "What is this?" And then I try to go to my menu. I can't go to the menu. I'm like, "Okay, well, this is annoying." So I'm like, "I'm just going to run into this Pokemon, and then it'll tell me whether I have it or not." And I can't target it because you want me to know about how your one friend is a rich bitch, you know, which you find out. But she was right. the one who's like, we got to battle all the time. I, I saw a meme where like, uh, where it was like, it showed like it had a doorway and there's the, there's the like a uh, window on the top and her face is there like knocking on it being like, you want to battle? You want to battle? You want to battle? Yeah. And it was like super it's creepy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she's very forceful. I'm like, she's like, yeah, we'll battle and then we'll battle again. And I'm like, listen, lay off. All right. Leave me, leave me alone here. It's done, a, there's even enough. a point where yeah. she's like, let's battle now. And somebody's like. They just did a bunch of battling. Can you just let them like take a yeah, nap? Yeah, yeah. Just beforehand. Just fuck off. Like, seriously, like, you're too <laughs> like you don't even have to like defend yourself. Someone else jumps in for you because it's like, chill out, bitch. <laughs> you, like, take a step back. It's like Arvin always kind of disliked her because she's very aggressive about battling. Yeah. And all that. But, even Penny is like, you just don't stop talking, do you? Yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, Penny. I, I know how you feel. Like sometimes people are just like shut the fuck up. But uh, yeah, no, I. I I like when Arvin called, when Arvin was the one who also called her out. It's like, well, you know, you, you also, you're privileged. You're a privileged motherfucker. Your parents are rich and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He totally tried to throw her under the bus there. And I mean, it, there was good, there was good dialogue there and I was into it. Also, I wanted to figure out which Pokemon I had and all that stuff. Yeah. I think our motivations were different once we got to that point. I don't think you were in a hurry to win. Whereas I was, I had a deadline and, uh, and I also was like had an audience sort of because Sean was sitting in the room with me and I'm like, this is the last part I know because these people are following me and they're talking and this has never happened in the game before now. So I'm just going to take it all in. And yeah, it's really janky, but I was loving it. I was just like taking in all the story notes and, you know, by the time you get to the bottom of that glacier or whatever, the gorge, they all love each other or, you know, they've sort of like seen they each other. They figured it problems. out. Yeah. But they're like, hey, we, you know, our weaknesses counterbalance with each other's strengths, blah, 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 yakety schmackety, we're a team. Yeah, they got to be the yeah, the, the four. Yep. So uh, I think this is the real question, and I don't know if either of us can answer this now. We're going to have to eventually in the next few weeks, but is this game better than Arceus? Because I, I think I'm still on the Arceus side. I think I, still I, think I would have like to go Arceus back to better. Arceus. I want to. I do actually want to go back and play it. Because I really liked Arceus, and there's a good chance I actually put more time into it. 
according to my uh to my like most played games thing on my switch it says that i it says that i put the most time into arceus well just because it's a newer one so it doesn't Mm -hmm. have all the animal crossing and all that stuff but as far as all the new games that i got arceus is the highest is the most played because i put over 100 hours into that and i've only put 50 hours into violet so Mm -hmm. so yeah so i'm that's 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 the real question for me is uh because i'm trying to figure out like game of the year stuff and it's crazy that we got it oh wow it's crazy we have to like pit two pokemon Pokemon. each other holy shit i didn't think i would be in this position because i didn't think i would have played the game by now but you gave it to me you got it for me for my birthday thank you so much and like yeah it it sunk its hooks into me immediately like i i loved it like i loved everything about it like do i think the jank's great no <laughs> yeah but i could look past it because i could put my brain in the spot of this is still pokemon it's just it's not supposed to be in this world yet let's just pretend like we're still playing on an old system and then that's fine if this is on ps2 then everything would be great i, I mean <laughs> like i said last week i mean pokemon has never been praised for its for its technical prowess or anything like that it never really has like none of the games have really been I don't know. I will say the Pokemon collection mechanics in Arceus are way better. Well, yeah, because you can because you can just aim it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you have to aim. You have to like weigh the the positives and negatives and all that. It's like because Arceus did so much stuff really good. Like, you didn't have to trade any of the Pokemon to evolve, which I don't think you have to do that on this one either, as far as I know. But um, but also like uh, you could choose when you want to evolve. Like at a certain point, you would evolve, mm. but you could choose that and also you could choose whether you you could switch the moves out which you can't actually do that in pokemon scarlet and violet i don't know if you caught that there's a thing called memory where you can actually remember pokemon you can you can remember moves that you that you got rid of and you can oh and you can also change the the um where they are and all that you can completely i just figured i would just use my tms because i have yeah so many tms like i would just rebuild if but I but there but there is a way shit. for you to bring back the stuff that you forgot. Like in case you're like, oh wait, gotcha. I shouldn't have forgot that. I can there. You can go into the menu. You can bring them all back, and you can also change yeah. the order of where they're at, and you can customize all that, which is something that Arceus had. I figured it was all in the TM, so I didn't really yeah. care. So so I was like, so I'm trying to compare it in that way. But yeah, the catching mechanic I think was a little bit better, and and, and the, the TMs the, are the, like the Alpha magi- Pokemon magicite, was really though. cool. Yeah. Wouldn't you say the TMs are a bit like Magicite, like kind of. in this game where you could basically you could have a team of all the same Pokemon with all the same most powerful move, like uh, somewhat. I mean, not all of them. You know, not all the TMs work for every Pokemon. That's the problem. Yeah, but if they're all the That's same the Pokemon, they would. Sure. I mean, but but you don't. And you want, can build but you TMs, wanna, but you don't want to carry it. You don't want to carry a team of the same type. Then you'll be like an elite four member, a fucking gym leader who has like the worst team ever. Cause you need to, I don't know how you build your team, but for me, I, I build, you know, strong grass, strong wire, strong water, strong fire, uh, strong psychic. I had a couple strong ghosts as well. Cause ghost is great mm. because they can uh, basically dodge most physical attacks. And then there's like another one that I'll just throw in there just to level it up or whatever. Well, like I said last week, I had two of the three starters all the way leveled up as of last week because I got lucky in a surprise trade in that regard as well. Yeah, I didn't have either, I actually end up but, like yeah. uh, the the cat type who I call Sklarge. Like she's all the way evolved, but um, it was the one from, it was the fire type that ended up being my favorite that I used the most. Wait, Coco. Well, that, that's where I used the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Sarah, Sarah Luch or whatever the fuck it's called. 
Um, mm-hmm. The one that has the bitter blade where you do a fighter fire attack, but you get healed mm-hmm. also at the same time. But I had this other one that was like a little worm that became like a butterfly thing that I, I, I had a bunch of different fire ones that I used from time to time, but I, I always do. I did the same thing in RKS. What's one that. I have called Palm de Fleur or something like that. It's like, I think it's a ground type. I can't remember. It's like a giant beast that I got through trading as well, but I, I did see them out in the wild. Like I could have got them later, but um, I use that one a lot because it could do strong fight type and um, earth attacks. And, Oh man, Earth was the one that got me the worst. Earth's the attacks that fucked me over the most in this game. Oh, well, that was uh, that was that was the um, that was the attacks that I used from my uh, Palisand, one of my mm. one of my favorite new Pokemon. The that was at Sandgast. The it's basically a, a ghost, a Sandcastle ghost, and I loved it so much. I used it. It was in my party from the beginning to end. I never actually had an Earth type or had any Earth type moves. I, I probably could learn them through my. TMs because I've unlocked. I think it was like a yeah. I think it was like a, ghost. a giant list of TMs, and I can trade for all the resources. I think it was like a ghost sand type, but the ghost effect was great. Like I said, because most physical attacks don't land because you're a ghost type, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how powerful you could be. But 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 the palace sand had it had an earth attack. It had a it had a grass attack. It had a dark attack as well, and like a psychic attack. So it had. So it had a bunch of different attacks you could do, so it made it really very, very powerful. And I think towards the end, I had like 250 HP or something like that for it, because it was like in the 70s. But it was, yeah, I kept that one the whole time, because I liked the design of it, and also it just ended up being really powerful. just because. I think So I think that I'm like not as strategic with my types. I think what I do is I build a team of Pokemon I like, and then I go into a battle, and if I lose, then I learn from that, but I'm always like thinking two or three steps ahead with how I'm going to heal, who I'm going to bring in, how I'm going to switch things around to where like in the event this person gets hit too hard, I'm going to pull this person in or this Pokemon in. I'm going to do it in this sort of series to kind of like build myself back up. And it doesn't always work out. And I end up using a lot of items, but it's that's how I play Pokemon. It's item management for me. And well, types kind of do the types. and eventually because that's through, well, that's through trial and error that I figure out sure how that yeah. works. And also, I mean, it shows you what's effective. Well, ahead of time before you send someone out. If you own that type, it'll show you. It won't always show you. If you own no, no, but when you're you choosing who to send out, it'll show what on your like moves if they're effective or not. Sometimes, depending on depending on what oh whether or not you uh, whether you have it's it in your not. Pokedex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's in your Pokedex is whether it shows. That's true. That is true. That's kind of the same thing. I mean, that's like Shin Megami Tensei does that too, where you have a, if you have a certain type or you, you can buy actually cards that will show you the type of the, of the demon or whatever, where it's like, yeah, it'll be like, okay, so now you know what's, what's weak or, or against this and that same sort of thing. But yeah, but I think it was cool. I think it was a good game. I don't know. I had a great time with it. Um, I, uh, I haven't played. I I, I kind of just I wanted to go back and get the legendary in Area Zero, but I also didn't want to go to Area Zero again because it ran so badly when I was there. So I don't know. I want to go back. I um... well, we need to we need to do some trading because I do I do want to try to complete the Pokedex because I've never completed a Pokedex ever on any on any of these. So I mean, I, I haven't either, one. but I'm yeah such a new generation Pokemon fan. But like, goddamn it, I came into it the year where there's two. 
in one year. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to complete the Arceus one too, but I had to collect all those fucking purple fires and I gave up because I kept going and I had a map and I kept going to the same places and I couldn't find them. And I was like, I haven't played that this. game recently. It suggested I delete it when I downloaded something and it said I hadn't played it in over six months. So well, it came out, least... it came out in like February or January or something. Actually, I think I, I need to go back to it and see. Uh, I've heard the traversal is a lot more fun in that comparatively, but this one does have a seamless open map. Well, it's not super great looking all the time, but you do kind of get to go wherever you want. And then well, with all the rapid uh, travel points, it's pretty sure. cool. I was watching, uh, what was it? Uh, I was watching Digital Foundry where they were breaking down uh, the new Pokemon Violet Scarlet stuff. And they were just comparing it to Arceus. And Arceus looks like a dream compared to <laughs> compared to this one. Like as far as graphics go and all of that, it's like, well, here, you know, here's this on Arceus, and here's this, and of course they also compare it to the champion of all of them, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Right. And I was playing Xenoblade Chronicles Three last night, and you know, sometimes you get a little spoiled on things. It's like, well, hey, this game looks way better than that. Of, I mean, the, either these of are those two, but you know, yeah, they're super insiders, and I think you're right that yeah, you you said it in the Slack, maybe you mentioned it on the show, but. Monolith should have been involved. I mean, Monolith is, they seem to understand the system the best. I mean, well, because they did, yeah, they did so many, you know, Xenoblade, uh, Zelda, uh, Animal Crossing. Capcom's pretty damn good with uh, the Switch as well. Oh, oh, we didn't even mention that on the show. We should have, that, like, Monster Hunter Rise is going all systems. Did you see that? Like, that's the whole thing. Oh, I didn't see that. Monster Hunter Rise is going to PS4 and 5 and Xbox. It's going to fucking Game Pass. It's going to be free on Xbox. Monster cool. Hunter Rise is, yeah. And uh, Sunbreak's going to be free next year as well. That's kind of a major thing. I, I wish I should have double-checked the notes and made sure that was on there. Anyway, um, we should wrap it up. But anything else you want to say about Pokemon before we go? I will just say if you're a Pokemon fan, you're going to love these Pokemon Scarlet Violet. I'm if sure. If, I'm sure. If they haven't played it, they're not listening to our spoiler end here. Oh, you're <laughs> Any right. Any of the listeners? No, you're right. Uh, it, it was. It's a great game, and I think as far as you know, I've heard different things about older games where they had more mature themes or whatever. But I thought this was a pretty damn real world Pokemon as far as like relationships and stuff go, and I thought they did a really good job with creating a narrative inside of that janky space. So. I give it my thumbs up as my favorite Pokemon game I've ever played. Okay. Already? For even the, over even for over Arceus. Game of the year? Okay. Just well, no, I like it better than Arceus narratively. But, okay. you know, I might go back and change my mind. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that's really going to be the interesting thing where we place it on our game of the year, which will happen in a few in just a few weeks because, you know, we're almost in the middle of December. Two here. weeks. Three but, weeks. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm really not sure. I'm still leaning towards Arceus because I really liked Arceus a lot. But I liked Arceus because the systems and they did all the things different. And I don't know. Uh, I mentioned uh, last week, uh, Tim Rogers, uh, who does like YouTube stuff, does a lot of podcast stuff. He did a thing on Axe of Blood God that still, what he said still remains with me, is where he talks about whenever you're reviewing anything, you should always go back and look at the first three hours of each game to help you give a better idea of it. And maybe you should try Arceus from the beginning again. Like maybe start a different file and just try it from the beginning and see how it presents it to you at the start. And I thought that was a really cool way to think about evaluating games. I wish I would have done that when I was still uh, reviewing stuff. 
It's like, you know, just start off those first couple hours and see where it starts you, because that'll, you can add that to uh, to your view and whatnot. There was another thing from the news that we didn't mention that I, that's not related to this, that I wish we had. Oh, well, it's what, whatever. It's about, to, uh, it's about a concerned ape doing that music video. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I posted that because I saw it on the dot because I'm on Twitter when things get launched. But now I'll probably keep it in the episode. So there it is. And they're from Champagne. Or something. Yeah, check out a. Well, no, they're not. So or the, the band's the, all the record company, right? Or the label, or whoever yeah, the, produced the them. band. The band is always spelled A L V V A Y S. Yeah, it's like V V V whatever that one. Yeah, yeah. They are on Polyvinyl Records, which is oh, yeah, based yeah. out of Champagne. I know that Urbana area where I'm from. Actually, they're originally from Danville, which is where I'm originally from. But uh, yeah, that's old school. But not the band, the label. But anyway, the band, uh, supposedly they, a few members of the band are big fans of Stardew Valley, and they reached out to Concerned Ape and uh, gave him uh, like an early copy of the record to listen to. And he vibed the most with Mirror, or Mini Mirrors, I think it's called. And he made a music video, and it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like um, someone could tell you it was a footage from the next Stardew game or something, and you'd be like, really? Like, you could totally, like, clown somebody if they didn't know that he made a music video so yeah check it out it's cool uh it's really charming and hey you'll be exposed to a band which is starting to grow on me like they're pretty hype right now but i don't know they seem cool i like them yeah no i watched some of it and i listened to a little bit of the music and i don't know it seemed like stuff i listened to 15 years ago or something or however could have been 20 years ago it's all cyclical (laughs) but yeah Anyway, um, yeah, I think we can wrap it up there. But yeah, thanks for listening to the extra late Pokemon um, discussion. Hopefully it's all good. I don't know. We kind of just gushed about it, but it's a good game, I think. It'll be really interesting interesting to see where it lands on our Game of the Year stuff. So check that I out. Agree. We already said our names and all that, so you know that. So later. Bye.